Testing, testing. We are. Hold on. Huzzah. Okay. Is that it then? I think we are live. Oh, Guys. Wow. <laughs> I've never been live before. Guys, are we all coming we coming through loud and clear? Is, is the music balance good? Are we sounding alright? Chat, let me know if it's all um, peachy. Yeah, we did do a few tests, so hopefully everything is smooth as can be. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, apologies, I, I completely forgot the event in Dubai is going on right now, so um, sli slightly tone-deaf it is. Whatever. Slightly tone, slightly tone deaf, but um, I'm sure you must throw in fireballs, dude. They're gonna watch this instead. Absolutely, right? <laughs> Priorities straight. Well, um, thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of Wave Dash. Um, smell it. I was initially gonna call this um, two Swedes and an Iranian do Tekken. But <laughs> that's very dangerous. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, th I thought it's veering dangerously into porno territory. So let's just, <laughs> yeah. let's just move that aside. Anyway, so um, guys, good to see you. It's good to see you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm excited uh, that it's we're doing this. I've got a really be. good feeling. Uh. <laughs> I'm all warm and fuzzy about this. Yeah, mm, uh, it's uh, it's a real pleasure. I'm a huge fan of Blasted Salami, as I said in my intro video. Uh, so it's uh, it's a real blast. Uh, mm. Another thing you said in your YouTube video, you've been playing Tekken for 24 years. Is that true? Yes. That's oh, yeah, Tekken, true. Has Tekken Ever been around the, for 24 years? 1994, right? When it was originally yeah, called... Yeah. Well, it, you know, it was originally meant to be called Rave War, right? But before it was Tekken. <laughs> it was terrible. It's a terrible name. So, I'm so like, glad they changed that, it. Right? <laughs> mm. So wait. But, so how how old? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, it's probably rude to ask, but how old were you then? Uh, I was ten when the game actually dropped on PlayStation One. But I actually got a chance to play it on arcades as well, uh, which was really nice. There actually were some arcades back then in Sweden. Um, but yeah, I, I just. Uh, Loved it since uh, day one, and I haven't stopped after 24 years. It's the only game I play, basically. So, have you ever like? It, did you play it consistently? Was there ever like a year when you played no Tekken, or have you pretty much been playing it for the whole? Yeah, yeah there, there have been a couple of breaks, but the biggest breaks were with Tag Two. I, I had been <laughs> with that game a couple of years into its lifespan, uh, yeah. and it was so interesting that my. I'm a huge Tekken fan, so whenever a game drops, I only see the positives, and I try and not focus on the negatives, I think. And my brother just, who also loves Tekken, he spent a week with Tag 2, and then he just dropped the game immediately, and he said, the combos don't work in this game. It's, yeah. it's not balanced. Too I much damage, end yeah, up at yeah. the wall, and then you take another mix-up and you're dead. And the rage damage, he was like, mm. who balanced this? Like 140, 150%. And I didn't see at all his point. I was like, no, th this is perfect. But after two years, I was exactly <laughs> like him. On, I on the break of vanity. Yeah, I, I suddenly took like breaks, two weeks, four weeks, oh, yeah. just didn't play because I got so upset at the balance issues in the game. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That's yeah. funny because that those last few years when the game was kind of suffering in Tag 2 was when I started. And it was really interesting because I want I like I found this game, me and my friends, you know, messing around. We wanted something to do 
in the evenings when we were hanging out just to pass the time. And everybody knew about Tekken, but we didn't, you know, play it. And so when I went online and looked for videos, I found, you know, I mean, your videos and Rip and Eris, but every single video about the game was like two years, three years old. Mm. And then everybody seemed to have this kind of like sort of tired attitude towards it. And so that's the environment I was trying to like really learn about the game in. And so like from that to where we are now in Tekken 7, where it's this global phenomenon, it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. It's been astonishing the growth of Tekken 7. Because, I mean, it it first came out in 2015 in, in arcades in Japan. And I don't think it was doing all that well, to be frank. Uh, right, uh, it was doing doing quite poorly. Yeah. Uh, in arcades, they had half the business Tekken right. Six had. Right, that was exactly. According to JDCR, so yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Probably and... because Tekken Tag Two wasn't, you know, great. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I might have been. I'm not sure, but I might be like the first person who actually played an arcade release of Tekken Seven because Namco have their own arcade here in Fukuoka. Ah. I mean, like, oh. like Tekken friends, we went on launch day, and they had, you know, the little rope. To get in, yeah, 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 yeah. Early when they were still plugging in the machines, you know, the cables and everything. So it was like sitting at the machine when it started, and it was, uh, it was like the coolest day ever. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, it was really awesome that first year of arcade. Yeah, I I remember vividly when um, Tekken Seven first came out in arcades here, and uh, because they they'd reduced the roster a lot. One of the main criticisms of Tag Two was that this is. Too much of a clusterfuck, basically. Like there are too Sebastian. many characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Roger, Alex. Seven is up to. I think currently it's forty-six, but eventually it's forty-nine. Oh yeah, it's gonna Tekken Seven. It, the, the funny, <laughs> the funny thing. This is Tekken Seven was meant to be like a condensed version of Tag Two, and now we're right back at the the bloat issue, right? With Tekken Seven, we're yeah, right back at forty-nine characters. Yeah, and when you counted fifty characters in Tag Two, you had a lot of clones. Oh yeah. yeah, in Tekken Seven, it's gonna now be we like have, we have exactly one clone, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Panda, right? <laughs> it's gonna be unique characters. Yeah, right, so. right, right. You had a bunch, like you know, you had two laws, you had two. Well, you had three Capos, didn't you? Was was Tiger a separate character? Yeah, yeah, he was. I think they, on console he was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Tekken Seven in terms of unique move sets is the biggest Tekken now, which is funny considering how Seven Point was meant to be. You know, condensed, easy to get into. Well, people Tekken. kept buying it. You know, money talks. Yeah. Money yeah. talks indeed. Yeah. I think it. Uh, I mean, the original character select screen. I remember that from location test. Yeah. And it was very condensed. It was oh, like yeah. thirty. The classic characters, even Armor King, was gone. He yeah, had yeah. meshed into King. Yeah, King yeah. suddenly had a lot of Armor King's moves, and I like just down like, three. Yeah, what yeah, a yeah. Smart way to go. <laughs> That's yeah. Armor King shows up, and you're like, that was not the plan. But we have a commercial success. Mm. Let's add more DLC, and I love it. You know, diversity. But just thinking of Joe, you know, picks up this game. Like I'm gonna become a great player. I mean, the amount of knowledge you need now. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't think we know. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen the implications of the success of Tekken Seven yet, because I think the people who are like, you know, with this game, getting into it, it's probably gonna be like a generation of people who, like, a couple of years from now start becoming yeah. seriously good at this game and it's going to ripple uh, uh, 
throughout time basically but i mean people always worship sort of taking two and three as like these masterpieces of the franchise but seven might be like the first one where it feels like it's it's a global phenomenon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's like and back to like it's the leading fighting game in the world it's not absolutely. this old tired veteran you know king it's it's this you know it's it's, it's actually a leader it, again yeah it, and yeah. it's interesting I because it's it's still a legacy game at its core. The roots of, of Tekken 7 go back decades, right? And all the players do have that advantage because they've been playing it for so long. But uh, even despite that, the amount of new talent in Tekken 7 is quite astounding, right? Like, have you seen um, players like Farzeen? He's this 16-year-old um, Akuma player from Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. He, he yeah. beat, um, who was it? I think he beat Chikorin in a first to 10 uh, in the Kuro Kuro mm -hmm. event. Like astounding talent. Um, when you see I, those young guys, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because for a normal mortal man, it takes a long time to get good at this game, right? You're like you're 16. Like he, you, we've been playing Tekken for 24 years here, literally longer than he's been alive. <laughs> and he's already. Fine, yeah. And um, Mulgold, Mulgold, he's uh, he's 21, 22, 23. He was um at the Korean uh, Soul Fight Night event I was commentating at last week incredible claudio and yeah. it, it, mm. and it's it's down to his his very fine precise micro dashes that's what he he's really good at he never mm. oversteps his boundaries he, he it's it's all very calculated and it's incredible to see. character too oh yeah I, yeah yeah he has this reputation oh, how did that go by the way i didn't catch the event did you have fun I had, a, I had a blast it was fantastic it was my first time commentating in literally five years more like nearly six years so i was pretty nervous going into it uh, what did you commentate five years ago um just little events in london just like little like okay. not even, yeah yeah um we had this arcade called the heart of gaming and i did a few commentating things and not even that many like three or four events i helped with commentating so yeah i was well out of practice and at the start of that i was um a bit reserved but it was a nine hour event and as it went on i got more and more confident and i just really got into it and had a blast and i also have to give a shout out to um margin obama who was my uh co-commentator he was he really helped me ease into it i mean i'm not sure if you've heard him margin obama no, yeah i it's... heard him he's excellent great he's an... commentator yeah 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 it's i mean fantastic. congratulations like officially on all the success man i mean oh, you've uh You've gone full time as a content creator, but there's uh, I feel like there's a lot of momentum behind you. You know, you have a lot of gasoline in your tank. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure how to feel about that analogy, but yeah, I'm feeling really, really pumped, really revved up. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to go. Um, you know, I this, the past couple of two months, the main focus has been um, really kind of building up a team for the channel. Um, yeah. And I've got like a, a co-editor I'm really happy with. The, graf the graphic designer I've been working for two and a half years now, he's amazing. Um, yeah, a, a bunch of like like new projects like this and a few more to come, which I'll be announcing over the next month or two. And yeah, I'm just excited, I'm excited. So thanks for the kind words. Yeah, I mean, shout outs to your editor and your artists or whatever, because it's the best looking channel that talks about Tekken by far, right? Cheers, thank you. I mean, like, by the way, like super like crisp HD video, HD video, and then me look goblin in a fucking dungeon somewhere here on the... Uh, no, 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 I, I, I love the lo-fi look. It's like when we're doing the like mic I... test, they're like, can you look less rapey? I'm like, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Sorry, man, try my best. Yeah.
Um, speaking of success, you guys want to talk about four dollars? I thought you were going to speak. Speaking of rapey, you want to? All right, I'm glad. I'm glad we're talking no, about success. I right. go there. But you know, that's almost yeah, like a, depending on who you ask, it might be an equally good segue into the same topic. I, I, let's go with the success one. That's I think that's a, a cleaner topic to go with for our first podcast. Let's not overextend ourselves. Uh, How about so- this? Um, I'm going to let everybody watching know that obviously I made a video talking about it, and uh, Main Man, you made a video talking about it. Uh, yeah, uh, the pr- frame data for m- money for frame data. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the native feature, and then Arya, you made a video about it that you decided not to upload. Why not? Yeah. Um, because I'm biased, basically. I, I run a Tekken channel, and I love Tekken. And, you know, when you make a video, you, you come into it, and you think, okay, this is my opinion, and, and this is the way it is. And it's kind of human nature, right? You, you, kind, of def- you kind of block yourselves from external kind of anything that might invalidate your opinion. And, and the more I was yeah. recording that video, the more I thought... Mm, you know, I, am I am I forcing myself into a corner here? You know, um, I wanted to c- come into this with an open mind, and especially as content creators, right? The, the stuff we say makes ripples, right? It it, it affects, it influences people, it it, it affects the conversation. Um, so I thought much better to do it in in a in a manner like this, where we can. Right. You know, yeah. um, I don't want to just get on a, on my soapbox and be like, this is the way it is. I'd much rather have a conversation. We have the chat there. They can give us feedback as well. Um, let's talk about right. it. Let's talk about frame data. So do you think, like, I'm just going to put it to you. Do you think it should have been a free feature? Short answer, yes. Sorry to put you on the spot, but, yes, you know, yes. it's somewhere to start. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I, I do think they are just... I, it's, it's a complex, um, you know, if you want a really simple answer, yes, on matter of principle, I think it should have been free. But yeah. uh, I'm happy to pay that, and I think it's more than, uh, you're getting more than your money's worth, unquestionably. Um, but by, ma- by virtue of principle, it should have been free. Um, but let, let's, let's, let's unravel that and talk about it, right? So, I mean, should I just go on about this, or do you guys want to hop in? Mean and- man, do you think it should have been a free feature? Um, uh, I, I think it's, um, obviously everyone would want everything to be free. I mean, of course I would want it to be free, but it's a complicated issue as Aria said, and, uh, Michael Murray motivated it in, in the way that from a production point of view, it was qu- quite expensive to do because there are a lot of moves and properties in Tekken. And I understand this because there are what a hundred moves per uh, per character that's uh, an average i think uh, across 46 soon 49 characters so that's what uh, 4900 and then you have a properties i know in the overlay we're going to have um, the speed of the move and we're going to have frame range. advantage uh, and the, the range move. right yeah, which is really cool uh, yeah the range so it, that's unique i've never seen that yeah, and he said that uh, we had to put a lot of hours into this. And I'm just speculating here. It's just a guess that maybe what he meant by that was that from a production point of view, expensive, took a lot of time, and maybe they're not certain how many people are actually going to be interested in it. Maybe it's just a tiny, minuscule portion of the people that right. bought Tekken Sound. 
I don't know. I'm speculating. I just know that maybe the average Joe is not that interested in collecting, you know, tens of thousands of, uh, uh, you know, numbers and memorize all of that. That's a really, that's, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I think it's such an interesting point because, like, when I started Tekken, it was a group of five friends, right? And three of us got really into Tekken where we tried to learn, framed it, and we tried to get seriously good. And two mm. wanted to remain very casual. And a couple mm. of years ago, one of those guys invited me over to his house. And he was like, we should play Tekken for like, you know, like in the old days. Mm. He's like, if you bring your fucking numbers and your notebooks and you start talking about frame data, I'm going to be pissed. Because I don't <laughs> want you ruining the gaming experience with all your, like your fucking mathematics. But that's, that's kind of the thing where... I don't think Namco have realized just how big their game has become and how many people actually do care about the numbers. Mm. Because, I, I mean, if... It, Go ahead. Sorry, I just thought of something that's a little bit interesting in terms of uh, where we're going here with the conversation and what mm. I er said earlier about... Uh, for example, I do tech and coaching where I charge, mm. like, uh, around $100 per hour and 30 minutes, and I've had about 150 students. So they are very motivated, obviously, because they are paying a stranger or someone they've watched on YouTube a substantial amount of money to get better at the game. So they are yeah. very motivated. But I also have to tell you that maybe 20% of them have actually looked at frame data. Oh, really? So Before they come to your coaching session. I'm, very, I'm, hours, but I'm so surprised to hear that. Into frame data, so that's... Interesting. A, a lot of people are intimidated by the very word frame data. It's it's such yeah. like, numbers. No, like right? nobody likes numbers. nobody likes you know it's maths right. And once I mean once you understand it, maths is fun. But before you do, it, it's a slog and it's it's a gruel right. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that's one of the reasons I think it should have been free because having it there it helps to demystify it right i mean if the yeah. if the if the intent is to get new players into tekken they're yeah. still gonna think what the what the, what is frame data oh this is what it is oh it just shows me how fast my move comes out oh it's just how uh, the oh, game works you know right right that's the thing when a game becomes competitive in this day and age whether it's a moba or a shooter or whatever people are going to break it down to a science because yeah. some people yeah. do it for a living right yeah, and so if and you can like find a way to understand it better and get further, then they will. And and um, I think yeah, and I think putting it behind a paywall also says this is for pros only, right? No. If you and and I think that's a bad message to send out because this is fundamentally how the game works, right? I mean, the yeah. game the game is numbers, you know. Which yeah. it, it's you know that's what it is, right? It has as a nice kind of visual, you know, it's a bunch of cool like. And a leather-bound shirtless dudes punching each other. That's what it looks like, but really it's a bunch of numbers interacting, right? And yeah. the entire <laughs> universe can be broken down into numbers <laughs> if you go deep enough, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, Particles and wavelengths. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, what you were saying earlier, um, main man, about... That's an interesting thing to I want to bring up again, because one of the common arguments that people brought up to say that... Um, this should be free, is that um, games like Street Fighter V, games like Mortal Kombat 11, Under Night in Birth, a bunch of fighting games now have free frame data. And right. a possible counter-argument for Tekken is none of those games have 49 characters with 100 moves each, right? 
exactly. It's very different. And of course, the tech and developers, their stance on frame data was always that it removes it removes the mystery of the game to include that. So yeah. it was... It's obvious to everyone, I think, that the people who make the game are very passionate. I feel you see this when they include Akuma, Street Fighter character, into the game, and he brings his own system with him. There's such an attention to detail that, sorry, uh, corporate chill for Bandai Namco, I, I really love the game. But I, I, I can maybe see that, I see them a little bit as artists, and hmm. they felt artistically yeah. that adding all of those numbers, maybe it clutters the overall impression of a game for the beginner who picks it up, you know. I, I yeah. think that was the motivation. Personally, I'd love to have seen frame data already in what Tekken 3, Tag 1. Uh, but I, I can see where they're coming from, and it's very easy to arg make arguments uh, from, from both sides, in my mm. opinion. Um, but I, I just, in the end, don't see it as unreasonable to charge three to four dollars when you get for free the replay feature with tips and you get the punishment training. Both of those uh, modes seem very Let, elaborate. You know, let's seem very well made. Yeah, let's talk about that that replay function because I think it's such a shame that we're we're even talking about this. The fact that we're, we're you know that this frame data debacle has even started shifts the focus away from this revolutionary new replay function nobody's How talking about that like, i haven't looked too do too deep into it but are you going to be able to like go online and play some like you play some random show you and you get your ass kicked and you're pissed can you go into the replay thing and actually watch your own online uh, game i, I think that's the implication yeah, that's, they, they, it records yeah, your your matches and then sh tells you when you dope. could have been punishing I can't think of any other game which does that. Why aren't people talking about this, right? But and it's, it's and that's a shame, like, right? It's it's a shame that this frame data thing is is is, is the focal point of the conversation, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sorry. It yeah, but I, a little bit of a political issue with the money and everything else, but yeah, feature. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we, we talked a little about it previously uh, before in our casual talks before doing the the podcast that. Uh, Twitter is probably where you've seen most of the outcry regarding uh, three to four dollars for frame data, and I feel like Twitter has a tendency to really claw on to negativity. That mm -hmm. sort of stuff spirals, and yeah, me, me for one, it, it would have been nicer if people actually paid attention to all, also, uh, as you guys said, all of the stuff that they've actually a lot of thought obviously went into this because on that punishment guide. They must have actually gone through all of the moves and found the optimal punish for all of them. Because that, that's what you're getting. Uh, and the amount of research doing that must have been quite substantial. So, like, again, there, there's a lot of stuff into it uh, that goes, has gone into it. And I also wanted to say that, uh, as I sound like a total chill, I, I just feel like Tekken 7 overall is such a strong package. And... You received so much for free, honestly, with all of the updates and new moves in season three and so on. That I think maybe we can say three to four dollars for some frame data. Vote, vote with your wallet and say I like this stuff. You'll probably get it uh, in the van vanilla version of Tekken Eight. And comparing to other fighters that are known for broken netcode, Street Fighter Five on release, it's like I, I feel like they've done a great job. And I feel like three to four dollars for the numerous amounts of uh, data inside the Tekken frame data. Sorry, that was worded very poorly, but mm. I, I feel like it's not the end of the world. No, I'm... It's, I, it's a fair yeah. argument. 
No. I, oh, and sorry, I, go ahead. Sorry, I want to say this. I, I agree with you totally, main man, that in terms of the amount of, you know, the sweat of brow or the amount of work mm. that went into this or the value of this, um, it's totally worth the money. And even in the sense that, remember that the fact that Tekken 7 even exists, a game of Tekken 7's quality, a fighting game, fighting games are absolutely yeah. labors of love to create. You know, they don't generate the numbers of MOBAs, right? So the, the same analogies can't be you know, can't be drawn there. So, you know, it, it's a lot of work. Um, and I guess it's kind of paying off in terms of esports, but generally fighting games have not been doing that well in terms of sales, aside from Mortal Kombat, but that has like Terminator, Predator, whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that, I think the point I was trying to make in my videos is um, I have this thing where, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a weirdo tinfoiler um, mm. where I don't really, you know, I don't, I'm very careful about expressing gratitude and loyalty towards like large monolithic corporations. Yeah. I'm a little bit sensitive when it comes to that stuff. I think it's very true, like you say, that especially fighting games and video gaming, people who really care about it, people who like think about it as an art form are creating them. But like I said in my video, the person who like created the feature and the person who really cares about the moves and the, the people who decide what it should cost and how it should be monetized because that, that's corporate. Those are different entities. And I just, right. I mean, I'm the kind of person where I get really uncomfortable where, when people uh, have like brand loyalty and they line up to just consume the next thing from a big corporation. And so if mm. you're one of those people where you feel like I, I feel uncomfortable about this and I don't want to spend my money on this, I wanted to really sympathize with that crowd even though I agree, like it's like a super cool feature. And if you know, when Leroy comes out, for example, like I think all of us are going to make a video where we go into practice when we try Leroy for the first time. Sure. And the for fact sure. that you can have is framed it up on the screen mm. when you go through the move list for the first time. You're like, oh, what's this move? Wow, that's safe on block. It's going to be like the learning that's process awesome. is going to be like ten times faster. It's a great feature, right? It's going to be incredible. It's I can't amazing. wait. Yeah. I can't wait. But I was like, if you're one of those, if you're a weird, like, tinfoil on the head kind of guy like me, I just want to, like, sort of be there for for you and feel you. Mm. Uh, so, like, I, I don't want to, I mean, I am I love this game and I think it's a great feature, but I just want the, uh, I just I just wanted to sort of get that kind of voice out there as well. Well, I think people are well aware now of the dangers of kind of monolithic corporation policy. Like, you know, there are lots of, um, video makers out there like Jim Sterling or Angry Joe, which really kind of point out like, you know, don't buy into kind of pre-order kind of, you know, traps or be careful about DLC and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I, I also think it's kind of created this reductive mentality that all DLC is bad, right? Which, which mm. you know... Um, I, can, I think in the case of a fighting game developer, I, I, I want to support them, you know? Like, I seriously like, want to... Of like, course, but then again, if a game, if a, a fighting game, Tekken 7, that they... It seems like they were not very optimistic about the potential of Tekken 7. It was like, maybe it's the last hurrah to this franchise, and then it sells 4 million copies. I don't know, because I don't work in the company, but I, I'm, I don't imagine that they're struggling for... Uh, budget in terms of creating the next game. I think sure. 
probably if I had to guess, because I have worked in some of these big companies, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of pressure from above saying, make Tekkenate now, make it as fast as possible, you know? Mm, yeah, for sure. For I don't sure. know. That that would be my guess. So, I mean, I, I see both sides of the argument, but I think uh, a, a good... Um, a good thing to come away from it with this is that it is a very cool feature that is going to be extremely useful for everybody, especially people who are learning the game for the first time. For sure. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 an amazing feature. And, and for that reason, that's why I think it should be free as a matter of policy. I mean, when yeah. let's let's I think um, I think Sejam said this on on a video that you know the best way to get people to learn it is is to have it readily available you're you're closing it off behind a money gate and that sends out the wrong message if you think of what are, what is a list of features standard features that a fighting game should have well good training mode a good practice mode right um good online right for one thing that's that's another that's another net issue code, completely yeah, yeah netcode that's so vital um it lives and dies by the netcode yeah yeah yeah. Completely. What do you think? What do you guys think about Tekken? Just, just quickly make an aside. What are your thoughts on Tekken Seven's netcode? I mean, my on the netcode specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had no problem. Well, we I've live in no Japan. We live in Japan, and it's we live in a in a uh, you and me, Aria. We live in a country where the population is so dense. Yeah. And you and I also just happen to live literally like a stone's throw from Seoul in South Korea. We could swim right. there literally if we were in better shape and we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, we have a lot of really good players very close. So pretty mm. much every time I go online, I find good competition. So I've, I haven't had an issue with it. But I will also say that apart from Soul Calibur last year, mm. um, this is the only fighting game that I have sort of played seriously. So I can't compare it to anything. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Um, well, and I- main man, what's your experience with the online in Tekken? Uh, I find the online to be really good not as good as um well ps4 tekken 7 is not as good as tag 2 on ps3 um mm. in terms of netcode like um i i think this is demonstrably so i uh, immediately felt the difference just ps4 felt really really bad in oh, comparison yeah. to to tag 2 on ps3 but then uh, a month after release i switched to Tekken 7 on PC, and that, that's the best online experience I've ever had with Tekken, flawless. But then a lot can be said about the current stability of the game overall right now compared to mean, what it was on release. Do you mean after the release of C- Season 3? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, after the release of Season 1, the game suddenly got jerkier and it got very sensitive to tabbing the game. Mm. Then season two, it gets progressively worse. It feels like every time we do a major update to the PC version, it becomes more unreliable. And now season three, it kind of peaked with these, just randomly the game shuts down. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't even get an error message. It's just, it goes away. And I'm like, that happens to me too. Do you play like, do you you play on PS4 at all? Or are you, you're also, no, no, I I only play on PC. I, I, I couldn't do, after one hour on PC, I could never do PS4 again. Because yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've only ever played on PS4, but the reason I do that is, I don't know, I love console gaming, but here in Japan... <laughs> oh my god! You know, PC, PC gaming is not a thing in, in, in Japan the way it is in Europe, you know? We have, like, this huge tradition of PC gaming, but I think uh, the audience for PC gaming in Japan is so small that I would it's probably minuscule. get... 
Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure if I converted over to PS4, I'd get a lot more matches. But the so game- So much faster because in Japan, it's all about consoles. Like I have friends who are uh, like, you know, my, my age, who like, the, the who community. are in the same generation, and they still type with the two, you know, the, their two index fingers like that. They don't have a relation to the computer the way that we do. So if you right. want to get the good, and like sometimes because uh, I've recently gotten into the higher ranks, so I have the privilege of playing against like known people in Japan. Like all the big names, they show up on PC or uh, on PS4. Sorry. I, so right. I th- I've heard in Korea though, um, most of the top players are on PC, and, and, and even in Japan. For, exa- for example, um, Yu Yu plays on PC. I, I know for a fact. Um, yes, and South Korea pre- are very PC. Yeah. Europe are very PC for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Top players. Yeah. But you guys in Japan, you've got quite advanced broadband infrastructure. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do, and it's just because we're closer Europe. together. We have better internet, <laughs> yeah. and we're and we're all tightly packed like sardines. I mean, the thing is, yeah. it, it, you know, as as you were saying earlier, I probably would get more matches on PS4, but the game yeah. feels and looks so much better on PC, especially if you have like a a monitor that allows you to turn off the V-Sync and whatnot, it just feels so much more responsive. See, that's no, my whole problem, like, because I don't understand all of those technical terms. I'm so terrible with that, but V-Sync. I, I do actually have the Steam version of the game. I've just never launched it, and uh, maybe I should. You should, so you can have, have, have a first to ten. Grind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like, um, no, seriously, it just feels so much better on PC that I couldn't, I couldn't make that shift. I tried playing on PS4, and it just felt gunky and horrible. Actually, the worst version of Tekken 7 was that first arcade version, Tekken 7.0. It had a ridiculous amount of lag. You know, to the point where I was... Do you remember um, Frame when it first came out? Like, I, You know, I the only thing I remember in terms of like the arcade days is I remember when Akuma first came out. Because that was so dramatic. And I remember... Oh, yeah how weird it was and because when you go to the namco arcade here in town and like because they have a tekken section they have a tekken like a room Mm. where they have tekken machines and all the street fighter dudes were over and uh and i I remember that i don't have like specific memories about the net code back in those days but i i guess i wasn't worrying about it yet I, I mean, at that time, I, I vividly remember I had trouble blocking stuff like Snake Edge. I mean, forget stuff like Dragon Tail. I was like, am I? And I thought back in 2015, am, am I getting old? Am I reaction? Yeah, have I they play have law? Well, no. I mean, my I, I do play law, but like I couldn't yeah, I block my. Podcast, I'm not going to be around anymore. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't block. <laughs> I couldn't block my opponent's Dragon Tail, and I thought. Am, am I yeah. just, am I losing it? Am I losing my reactions? But then the game yeah. got updated and it came on piece. Oh no, it was just, it was just a really bad arcade version. All right, and I that- guess I should, I should try out, try a PC. And then maybe next time we do this and we talk about this, cause I like, I've, I've never played a single online game on PC. So it's going to be a very stark contrast for me. And I can give you my, my opinions on it. Do it, do it. I'd be like, like I said, I, I really want to play against you, man. We we live like a stone's throw get from one another. So let's let's get some games in. Let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's get the let's microphones in, and we can play each other. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry, man, man. You live on the other side of the of the planet, so we can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're officially invited if you can get a a, a really good babysitter. Uh, to take oh yeah. Care. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. 
it's it's interesting to note that the PS4 version actually for a full year, right, had terrible offline input lag. It did. On it top did. of the online lag. So the PS4 version was completely unplayable almost to the point where JDCR stopped playing Mishima's because yeah, yeah, he yeah. just couldn't get it to work. I vividly uh, so remember the PS4 that. Yeah, because they're really frame-sensitive characters, right? Garbage for a long time. Uh, has to be said. The, the, the contrast between PC and PS4 that first year was miles wide in terms of uh, response, uh, graphics, online connections. It's oh, yeah. Night and day. It was a, it was a gulf. It's been brought, drawn yeah. together slightly, but I still think P- PC is still a discernible, like it's immediately discernible how much better it I is. I have to try it out. I mean, yeah. you've, you've convinced me. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Speaking of yeah. the Mishimas, though, something I just realized I really want to ask you to is like, when you're playing right now, like what characters are you playing right now? Because um, I'm sorry, I, like I, I, don't, I don't watch Twitch. I don't have a Twitch account, so I don't know. But like, do you, do you play like the same character for like, you know, weeks at a time or do you switch every time you go online? I, I, I can, I constantly flip it up, but I'd say my main is Steve. Um, really? I, okay. I, yeah, I think he's a very fun, expressive character. I actually, yeah. I, I, I can't. I even like the nerfs in season three. I thought he was a. Oh yeah, yeah. Now yeah. Steve is cool. Now. Absolutely. Cool now. I thought season yeah. two Steve was, of course, no, arguably the best character in the game, but in a it kind of a, yeah, but in a dry way because optimal Steve in season two was back one down forward two jab strings, and you have this huge, expressive, cool move set. And I mean, I think Nii played him optimally, and he had the most success with him. And all he did was back one, down forward two, one two one. But but I think that's what they realized with season three. They wanted to end this theme they ha- they've had in Tekken Seven with a couple of characters that you can play them with three moves. Yes, it is yes. yeah. Kazumi, Dragonob, Steve. You, you can make a pretty damn long list. Oh, Noctis, Ora, or Down Back Two. Yeah, all of those characters. Yeah, down Back Two, Down altered, Back One Plus Two, Running One Plus Two. They altered all of those moves. It's like Kazumi, Down Back Four, Back Two. Uh, just change it. Uh, they and did Steve, buff. You know, they, they're all the better for back it. One for Ryan, though. Uh, which one? Back one from Brian and running two from Dragonov, they got better advantage on block, right? Yeah, but I think, but yeah. I, I mean, um, Dragonov's running two is still nowhere near as good as it was in season one. You know? Yeah, it, it, yeah absolutely. I mean, season one, the, the, the most important thing about season one running two was the tracking. It was really hard to oh, step yeah. Dragonov's running two in season one. And then it's t- two is, season two is the worst it's ever been because... Um, yeah, so because, because they re- removed the tracking, uh, tracking quite a bit, and now in season three they've given it like one more plus frame, so it's harder to step and back four is a true frame trap. Um, so nice. it's it, it's marginally it's better. Uh, all right, yeah, as a defensive defensive player, it's harder to step, but uh, yeah, I agree. Like reducing the tracking, of course, really hurts the move. But at plus six, if you're facing someone who's really good at doing them at point blank. The move is, uh, it's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. It's a it nightmare. Was, and I think you know, that the thing about it, like you said, step afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, like if you don't want one move or two move or three move characters, it's kind of like the worst possible version because if you have a, a mid uh, plus on block counter hit launching move that you can do uh, point blank if you're very good, but from a, a you know a little bit of range, 
it covers so many bases that it's mm. almost never a bad idea to bust it out. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when I play against it, I know that I'm supposed to try and step it and walk it. Oh, yeah. But I feel like if I mess this step or this walk up and I don't do it right, then I'm just going to eat the move. So I'd yeah. rather either try yeah. and armor through. Yeah. Because I play, you know, Miguel and Elisa both have very sort of long extended hitbox uh, power crushes. Miguel is back forth. Elisa has forward one plus two. And I'd rather try and armor through it and, and trade with it than attempt to do what you're supposed to do. If yeah. it's supposed to be a very steppable move, then I think they need to make it very linear because some people are going to be good enough to do it like from point-blank range. I, I mean, a lot of moves are like yeah. that, though, where, where they're very strong and they can be stepped, and that's supposed to be a weakness, but it's hard to do so. A prime example is Electric Wind Godfist, right? You're supposed to step yeah. that to the left. But yeah. it's hard, especially if you if you can mix up your wave dash timing. That's the whole mind game, really. I mean, the most optimal um, mix up for a electric is another electric, right? Yeah. No, is, if that you're talking true? About, is that true? That's a, that's a good question. Is that? Do you think that's a true statement? Yeah, let's talk. Let's ask the the Mishima expert, Mayman. Yeah. What do you what like? If I'm if I'm a Kazuya and I want to play really really safe, and I'm and I'm wave dashing in your face, yeah. Do you think the best mix-up for an electric is just a, a few more wave dashes into another electric? If my execution is crisp and on point, uh, if you want to play play really pray, <laughs> if you want to play really safe, uh, yeah, maybe not wave dash so much in the opponent's face. But if you have a hard read that he's gonna respect you, I think while standing four is always a good option, even if it's very weak to sidestep left. Uh, mm. But yeah, electric is. Uh, it's duckable, of course, but if you mix your timing well, it's just incredible, and it's so hard to step for the opponent because mm. we're in season two. You could just sidewalk towards the left, you know, continuously, and have a great success with that. Now you actually have to time the sidestep with the yeah. electric, mm. and it's it, it's a guessing game. So sidestep cause sidestep because the left became a meme to the point where I don't know about because we play in different environments, but here in Japan, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many uh causes just start the first round with a homing move because they know you're gonna step left. You're going to start walk left. Like at the start of the first round, people are just yeah, walking yeah. left. And they start the round with a homing move or something that they know tracks left because it became <laughs> It became such a known anti-Kazia strategy that it became like an advantage for Kazia because he's like, <laughs> like if my opponent's going to walk, he's always going to go left. Yeah. And, and, it's, exactly. and it's back for us better now, right? Oh, it's right. super good. It's 17 frames. It, it's a fantastic homing move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very. What strong. about you, Adrian? Because I, I already said you played a lot of Steve. What do you play lately? Like when you play, do you play Kazia? Uh, oh, I... I, I'm trying to learn every character in the game, so I'm actually now yeah, quite ambitious. ambitious. I, I try to play as many characters as I can. Right now I'm playing Leo a little bit. I saw that. Uh, wow. I haven't dabbled with Good Lucky shit. Chloe. Yeah. But my main Chloe. 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 Leo? Okay. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have associated Chloe with main man. Right, it doesn't no, seem I that's watch your myth. stream. Maybe so I can donate the $200 and said, play Lucky Chloe. So I sold my butt, basically. <laughs> that's yeah. what I did. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, uh, Kazuya, Geese, uh, Zafina, and Negan. All mm. of those, to me, are very unique, different, and super fun to play. Okay, mm. cool. What about, because I think it's funny, because we, we did a couple of these, like, you know, sound tests, and we talked a little bit about my current main, Eliza, and how much both of you love playing against her. 
<laughs> yeah. That, oh uh, yeah. But oh, it's time of my life. Thinking about me and, and main man specifically because like you know the um, the Mishmas, I, I'm like I never even touched any of those characters. Mm. And then some of the characters that I played, like Elise and Katarina, you've been like vocally you don't enjoy playing against. Yeah. But yeah. I was going to say, I think the interesting point where you and I sort of overlap is I is I think we both kind of have a thing for Armor King. That is awesome. Yeah. He's fun. I think yeah. he's really cool. Like, how do you feel about Armor King right now? I I haven't looked it up. Three to change a. What happened with him? Uh oh, season three. Uh, well, he's basically the same old Armor King. Interesting was that down three on counter hit gives plus nine. So satisfying. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the animation. This feels powerful. Plus nine on counter hit. Yeah. Not on hit. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And his, uh, his CD1 is now a launcher if you do it from tip range. So as a whip CD1 punish. CD1 is the lariat, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, massively I mean, plus. You, you got the guaranteed, is it back four? You used to be able to get a guaranteed uh, back four on the ground, right? The kick a, thing? You get a full yes. combo. Stomp. You can the four, stomp, four, yeah. axe kick or stomp or guaranteed ground throw attempt. Yeah. Wow, what's the combo? Um, like, what's the combo in season three? How do you float them? Uh, down down back four into one, and yeah, then yeah. basically side sidestep left into Shining Wizard. Yeah, okay. uh, but he he has some interesting changes. Like on the wall, if you do the classic uh, new wall combo down two four three, the yeah. last three yeah. will splat them very hard into the ground. So that if they do anything, uh, move in any way after getting knocked down by that, a while standing four is guaranteed. So then they stay on the ground, but then you can ground throw them and throw them right. into the wall. Or so. stomp or whatever, right? Yeah, so yeah. he has interesting mix-ups there. Um, they gave him some cancels. CD3 unblockable can be canceled into a spin. Yeah, he has a new a low, low arm speed. Yeah. 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 It's not From great, but it's Yeah, he has the new yeah. uh, punching low, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it really? Yeah. It's, but, it's but okay. Overall, it's not it's not great, but it's a nice tool to have. I mean, the um, character is still very flawed, but he's very interesting because he's flawed. King how good would you say that? Like, we, like we can't, you know, do a whole tier list thing. But if you had to place Armor King, like if if you, high, top, high, mid, or low, where would you place him? Mid, uh, mid. Mm. It's so hard. I think with a very, very competent player, I would say mid-high. Yeah. Uh, like J- JDCR's... Yeah. It's so, so high. mid to high. Mm. Yeah. But, but, but his while standing punishment is holding him back a lot, I think. Uh, yeah. Poking in general. But if you're super good, mid-high, I would say. The down yeah. for one's pretty cool for pokes, though, right? For the mid. It's 13, yeah? Yeah, it's great. It's just that... He doesn't really have those lows or mids that build a lot of momentum, like right. uh, especially on block. Uh, and Downford One, it, it, it's really nice. It has some range. Same with Down Four, but he, it, it's so hard to build momentum with the character, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I wanted to ask you because I was so. Um, one Sorry, season three can I just out. answer one question to the chat? Yeah. Uh, we're getting a lot of questions. How long is this, is this podcast? Um, <laughs> um, as long as as long as we want it to be. When we're just is gonna... Arya gonna play back, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. When I fall asleep. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we're we're we're, just, we're gonna chat and chat and chat until it runs out of steam. And basically, yeah. basically uh, we're not yeah. there yet. It's, it's gonna be a while. Yeah, we're gonna keep on chugging. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I that has season three. What happened with me, right? Is I wanted to 
yell and I wanted to play it. Like I was so excited about Zafina because I was all about that reveal. And honestly, having looked at the character in game, uh, I think in terms of like reimagining old characters from the past, it's the best job they've ever done. She looks fantastic. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks she's fantastic. Funny. I think you know, I'm, I'm. A, it's a little bit annoying, annoying playing against her because she's crawling around and crushing stuff, and she's doing low launchers and whatever. But taking a character like that, adding the little, little claw thing for a bit that of that's so cool, there, so cool, and then yeah. it has significant you know gameplay implications mm. i think it's so cool but what happened with me is like i was going to play zafina i was going to play miguel and then i tried out tried out uh season three elisa once and i was so hooked on it that i've basically only played one character for like over a month now she's a fucking it's an yeah. interesting character zafina oh. Um, I mean, Chanel plays her, and that, it works as Chanel's strengths, right? She's a, her, her movement is incredible. It's like um, Lily, Elisa, Safina. Yeah. yeah, she's light on her feet. Her step's amazing. Her back dash's incredible. And she likes to just dart in and out of your optimal range and annoy you with little pokes. And uh, occasionally, she'll do a launcher that just goes under everything, like her while standing, you're, you're too. You're talking about Zafina, right? Yes, I am. Yes, sir. But yeah. this could yeah, also be applied to, um, to Lily to an extent. They're kind of conceptually similar characters. In some yeah, ways. but Lily is garbage and more limited, I would yeah, say. Yeah, What's so sure. interesting with Zafina is, as you pointed out, she has some of the strongest movement in the game, mm. and she has a down for two that, that is minus 12, but has a lot of range. So you can actually play a very fundamentally yes, yes. Uh, game plan. How good, just, does that have high crush, by the way? It's got pretty good high crush, I feel. Does yeah, it? Yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. a really good uh, tool to just try and space out the opponent, launch him. And then uh, that's one game plan. And then you have a crazy confusion of her free stances and a million strings. If you yeah. want to go that way and just overwhelm the opponent. And then they also added the gimmick of the claw that has a few attacks. And when you combine all of that, you have a super interesting character you can approach yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's one of the best character designs in the game. And if I wasn't so completely like homed in on Elisa right now for some reason, <laughs> I'd be playing her a lot. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know you love Elisa, but... Elisa and then Zafin, I'm like, oh, so yeah, I'm going to sound like an I, asshole. But no, yeah, you I just like Zafin so much, I mean, and I hate Elisa so much. We don't have to like each other's mains, but we can agree that it's <laughs> a really, really cool design. I, I think it's, it's really nice, but, okay, can I, can I say something? I've had this looming, dark feeling, because I was really excited about the Leroy reveal. I think he looks really cool. Mm. I have for some reason this strange feeling that he's so hype that he's going to be super broken. I think he's going to come out and he's going to be like top tier and like completely like unreasonably good for some reason. I can't put into words like exactly why I think that, but I feel like everybody's going to gravitate towards Leroy and he's just going to be busted. He's so cool though, like his character design. I mean, exactly, and he's I, too I mean, cool. The, the thing is, is that... I miss character designs like that in Tekken because let, let's face it, a lot of the recent character designs have been pretty anime orientated, right? Claudio, <laughs> Claudio, let's like Elisa, Lars, and not only that, but I can't think of a single new character that had a, a legitimate martial art. I mean, what the hell does yeah. what is what is Claudio's? It's, it's like a bunch of King of Fighters moves. It's it's the um, Power Buster mm. and it's Genocide Cutter. I mean, what what is Shaheen's martial art? I mean. 
What does Bob do? I mean, like, uh, Miguel is just a drunken hobo, right? La- Leo is that's, the lot. That's, 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 that's the beauty of it, though. That's the brilliant that's the part of Miguel. I know. I know. Wanted, his thing is, like, we want a character who doesn't have a martial art. Who's like a, a fighter who just goes into the street and punches people and is no, very good at it. I love Miguel. Don't get me wrong. Kind of Wales is sort of beautiful to me, but I agree with a lot of the taking seven characters. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of laser beams and a lot of flying oh, yeah. around going on right now. I'm just glad we're getting a grounded character who is rooted yeah. in a martial art. It feels like it's been so long since we got that in Tekken, and, and that was for me one of the most interesting things about Tekken is that these characters represent a martial art, right? Yeah. So I'm so glad that, that Leroy, it, you know, is, is, is back in that vein. And that there are so many little, yeah. little details in his design, like the tattoos on his hands or his cane, which really give a sense of place and history to that character. He looks super dope. And I think the fact that he's like, I think, was he supposed to be from New York? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Something. then he went to Asia, and I think, I don't remember the exact trailer, but it feels like, okay, he the era of black exploitation, <laughs> and you know that that whole generation of like yeah, film yeah. that you know birthed yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarantino and you know his yeah, yeah, yeah. fetishes in cinema. The fact that they're doing like remakes of old Rudy Ray Moore things now with um, with Eddie Murphy and Dolomite and stuff like that. There's so much kind of anticipation and cultural momentum behind the character. I know. That I feel that Namco are going to make him strong. Sure. Make him too strong because they want everybody to just be hype about this character. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, when Akuma first came out in the arcades, people say he's broken now, but back then he was so much stronger. Dude, it was so stupid. We should talk about this because, not, I mean, Akuma's been nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed, but he's yeah. still, uh, like, almost inarguably, unquestionably still the character in the game you should have seen him when um fated retribution retribution first came out he was batshit crazy yeah it was stupid and do you think but that's a good another good question like main man do you think do you think kuma's the best character in the game if you're talking strictly like tournament uh i would say that right now he is the best character if you have uh, the execution incredible execution yeah. Um, now that they've nerfed and toned down all of the other, you know, um, very, very uh, used uh, top tiers, you know, like Geese, Kazumi, and Steve, Steve you know, all of yeah. those, uh, um, what's the expression? Um, wh- whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think Akuma is number one, but I like the fact that you have to be, it's, it's not Bob in Tekken 6, you have to be extremely oh, yeah. good for him to be SS tier. But yeah, he's yeah. the best character, but soon he's going to have his uh, meter nerf and everyone's going to drop him. Do you let's, know that, though? Let's, do you think that's going to happen? What, what, yeah, I know a... he's going to get nerfed. I think well, he's got, <laughs> he has got three meter nerfs. Akuma, yeah. zero. That, the thing so, I'm just, worried about right, is... Just to provide context. So, yeah, yeah, go on. Just to provide the yeah. context, go he, on. He tweeted today saying that there's going to be a balance patch next week, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm worried about is that right now, Elisa's meter meter and Akuma's meter are, like, the same. Because they are, like, you know, sister and brother in the game. Mm, yeah. And, like, I, I agree that Elisa is horrible to play against. She's not enjoyable to play against at all. But I mm. also don't think she's a very strong character, right? And right, so, does yeah. it make sense for them... I don't think it makes sense for them to nerf meter gain for Akuma and not do it for Elisa. And so I'm kind of worried that if they want to nerf Akuma, I'm going to catch a nerf on my main as well. I wouldn't worry about that. I think 
I mean, clearly they don't mind having a disparity between the, the meter gain rate between characters. Geese is already rock bottom. So I think yeah. it's, pro- it's probably going to be in terms of meter gain. Well, Elisa has the fastest meter gain because she's clearly on paper the weakest character. And they're probably yeah. going to throw a Chuck Akuma somewhere between Geese. Because Geese can do crazy shit. Mallet. Can do crazy Still, shit yeah. with his meter, right? Still, like he 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 won that soul fight night I went to. His his comeback potential is the strongest in the game, yeah. no question. It's insane what he can do but off it's, one it's, touch. It's much thanks to the deadly rave buff, I think. Oh because yeah, because if you have one meter every single round, as soon as you're in rage, you have access to almost a death combo. So it's, oh yeah, it's it's a lot thanks to the rage buff as well, but. I think they would have to significantly nerf Akuma's meter gain because y- y- you say Geese has a lot of potential with his. I, I just see Akuma's as five times yeah, as yeah. Uh, potent due to yeah. the numerous amounts of options with yeah. counter it down one, two, standing yeah. jab into Shuryuken or whatever, uh, down two Hadouken, FADC. Uh, and that that, that, that cancels with one right? bar is pretty yeah. much equal to Geese. So yeah. Geese castrated, Akuma is walking around with still, you know, huge testicles that have to be significant, significantly chopped away at, I think. So I don't the way think he can I, the way midway I see between right. Eliza and Geese. I think he yeah. has to get the Geese treatment. Uh, I, I agree with that, but then again, like, if you do that, these unreasonable things that Akuma is doing, they become less frequent. Yeah. But when they do happen, it's still a down jab into a massive combo. Yeah, so like, <laughs> the, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, this unreasonable thing that he can do, we're gonna make it happen less, yeah, fewer but, times. But it's so okay. Like, it be- he gets one death combo per match. I just don't want yeah. to see those two bars glowing, you know, three to four the, times yeah, yeah, per yeah. match. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot. Sure. Fair, that, that's a fair point. That's probably that's the, a joke. the best way to nerf yeah. the character. But like, ho- like my. I mean, I'm I'm naive. I guess I'm idealistic. I would like to like live in a world where nobody can ever do anything that feels way too powerful, even if it's once a match. That's so the po- it- that's sorry. I mean, I think that's the point of these meter characters, though, is that when they don't have meter, they're they're underpowered and they have to take, you know. Um, disproportionate risk reward but then when they do have meter they can break the rules a little bit straight up they are breaking the rules of the game they can launch off a jab sorry to interject but that's why i like geese so much he had his own identity and that his neutral was so strong without meter in season two with down for two standing four and counter dick jab and they robbed him of that and i feel like now he is more like akuma and he used to be he had more of an identity so it hurt me a bit with I, I, I don't yeah. quite agree with that. I think I think Akuma still is still the mix-up monster, whereas I think Geese mm. still has higher damage potential. He's more of a defensive character now. He needs to make a solid read, whether it's off a parry or a sidestep to get access to that. He's he's you have to play him more slow and, and defensive than season two, where, where you could just kinda hack away with down forward one all day. And I think this actually season three gives him a greater sense of identity. Because you now have you a think that- to me, it's just Akuma light because, as you said, you play a more defensive playstyle, a, a little bit like Akuma. Sure, Akuma is the fifty-fifty, but mm-hmm. he's a pretty defensive character. Whereas uh, um, Geese, sorry, could you know poke away a little bit more and had yeah. really strong counter tools to get launches. Yeah, uh, and I feel like with that removed, he reminds me more of Akuma. I, if you want to talk about Akuma light, Elisa is Akuma light because she's Akuma without all the good moves. 
I, and I with think, cancerous snake edges and stuff like that. But the, the, well, we could, let's let's go to Lisa in a bit. But I don't agree with the fact that Akuma is a defensive character. I think with Akuma, one of, one of the ways you have to play him is you have to go in. I mean, his neutral got a little bit stronger, but it's it's still not it's still not great. I mean, that's one of Akuma's weaknesses. Is really good now. Like, it's uh, it, it. I mean, but I don't know if you saw the frame buffs on that. But it, it went from like plus one or two to plus six or seven on hit. Yes, it's and only minus one on block used to be like minus six. I mean, it it was like crazy, and it already was really good in season one and two. It's got a lot of range for a mid, quick mid uh, kick sure. poke, so that was sure. pretty good. And his sure. defensive utility, I agree, is a momentum based fifty fifty monster, a little mm. bit like Kazuya. But mm. his defensive capabilities with the jump and with all of these with the punishes, jump back, uh, fireball, yeah. Yuken, down to yeah. keep out into Hado if they run in. Like his defense, I would say his defense is almost I, crazier I, than I, his offense. I, but. He, can, he can annoy you in the neutral with 4-3 and jump away to fireball, but it's not particularly rewarding, right? Hmm. He can chip away. Not like compared his- to like a character like Steve. Yes, exactly. Like that spe- specializes in that space, but if you right. play like a more traditional sort of techie character who also doesn't have like great frame data and neutral like Master Raven, Akuma is sort of on your level, mm. but then he does all of this super powerful defensive stuff. He builds that meter and then even though you beat him like five mix-ups in a row and he has that much life left, all he needs to do is burn one of those meters after a down jab and it's over. Yeah. And Aris said something really interesting. I was watching him do uh, tournament commentary the other day, and he was like, Akuma is a character where he's, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, he's uh, always winning until he's already lost. Until he's dead. He has yeah, to be yeah, dead. You know I, mean? I get it. it I, his comeback potential. Right yeah. now is kind of like his meter burn. It's like the ultimate comeback mechanic. It's almost course, better than course. Rage Drive and Rage Arts because mm-hmm. he's losing life and he's losing, and you can mix him up perfectly and do these these cool things, and you're winning. But if he has meter and he clips you once, then he's going to run it all the way well, back. And I think that yeah. that feels unfair to people. For sure. I mean, let's count the ways, the number of ways he can break the rules of the game with meter. First is a 10 frame jab into pretty serious damage, like 90 without walls. Yeah. And if you have walls, you're, you're speaking 100 plus off a jab, yeah. right? Yeah. And the yeah. biggest way he breaks rules really is that he has an unseeable low that if you block it, he still has frame advantage after it. Right, that's kind of unheard of. And if he and if he connects it, he gets a full combo. So yeah. down three to fireball cancel. Right now, yeah. the, I mean the caveat is that it has to be a clean hit for it to combo, which is why everyone says backdash against Akuma. Right, yeah. but yeah, 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 it shuts down like a good backdash shuts down Eliza a lot because down jab into back four doesn't become very good, and then yeah. you have to do other things with her. But I think Akuma has. I haven't played him much, but I feel like his clean hit range on his down three is a lot better than hers, which is why it works better. Because what happens with Elisa is you run in and you do the down three, and mm. during the time those impact frames of the move, that if the opponent does a single backdash, they've already moved out of clean hit range. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. she's pretty bad it's from not. far range, isn't she? Like run, Just looking at her moves, like I feel like running into an opponent uh, with whatever attack you choose feels very risky. It's dangerous. I think it's a character where you capitalize constantly on the opponent's ignorance. 
Yeah. And the poor reaction speed and the fact that they don't know her exact frame data. But if you if you live in a theoretical universe where the opponent always knows exactly what's going on in terms of frame data, it's not that difficult to shut it down. But like both of you said, it's not a fun character to play against because you don't know all those things and you don't react to all those things perfectly. And so it becomes this insect, this fly flying around the screen. <laughs> throwing Perfect. Balls that That's how I feel. Like, like this annoying insect that I want to swat away. I yeah, actually... it's, the, it's the difference between a character that's really good in an online environment against somebody who's unprepared and a For character sure. that is good Le- in a tournament environment against another really good player. So I think Galiza is bottom tier I player because I think it's a lot of fun when things are jamming. Uh, but yeah, I don't think she's great. You, and you know, like you said, yeah. from a range, you always take a risk, especially now that four four three four doesn't jail anymore. Yeah, I, right? I oh yeah, that's huge. Yeah, man. that's big. So like yeah. you take a risk with everything you do and you just have to make sure that it comes out in your favor most of the time and you can still win but I yeah mean, she did get that mid mid string off the it's for 434 is it for she I mean she, she had it's the mix up for the forward 3 she has the 434 which used to jail and now, not and, be and now it's 433 which is a high mid it's a mid yeah, yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. but the mid extension is punishable so you're either duckable or punishable whereas yeah. before you were completely safe on block which is obviously better yeah, so what yeah, I do now yeah. is if my opponent, you know, you can check their highest rank. Yeah. If they're taking God Prime, I mix in the mid extension because they're going to duck because of course. they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but they need it like wall splats. But if I can tell that they're not quite there in terms of like knowing about season three changes, I don't bother because they're not going to duck. But it's funny because you have to adapt not to your own move list, but to the level of your opponent's knowledge of course that's yeah. that's any fighting game that's that's the mind game right Fair enough. but then again yeah. if you're sitting playing in tournament against you know a korean top level player they're oh, always yeah. going to be top here and your character's dog shit so oh absolutely i mean if we're talking a top level the what what four three four jailing of course that's better because it's, it's less risk right yeah you know it, it's better space control it allows you to get in so um i mean what are your thoughts on Liza? you think she's nerfed for season three Yes. Uh, yes, I think she's nerfed. I think uh, I think that change strictly, the 4-4-3-4 four string, is, just makes her a lot worse when you're playing against people who are very prepared. Mm. But the down forward uh, 3 homing move that crushes lows and gives you a wall bounce, it's monstrous against people who aren't prepared because, first of all, uh, especially online, people love to get off the ground with, with get up three. Oh yeah. Mm. So you jump straight over that. If they get up crouching, uh, you you catch that as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing a lot of wall bouncing with her right now, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. I do a lot of mix-ups off of the four 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 two into ex fireball. But then, like I play against yesterday, I was playing against this super good like. Uh, top level Yoshi guy and he knew exactly when he could spin out of my mix ups and sort of deal with it so again I think she's worse um, but I don't know I just kind of sank into a, a Lisa black hole and, and I'm having so much fun with her that I don't want to stop but yeah I do think she's worse than she was before yeah on paper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what but about in- uh, Kazuya how do you feel about Kazuya in season 3 Adrian what's, uh- what's going Going on. Uh, Kazuya is, um, he's been definitely buffed. His damage output is much, much higher. I think it's like 8 to 10 points more if you do the correct combos. But this is, of course, a power creep. We've seen mm. all, all over the 
roster, I think. Most characters have buff buffer combos, um, but especially I think the buff to back four helps a lot due to his weakness to sidestep left. Um, uh, forward four also is a big buff, less pushback on block. I really like that. Uh, but overall, I feel like he remains Kazuya. Um, I, I, I think to, to me, the best buff is back four. Um, and, and back to one is just one of the best bound tools in the game. You can do crazy combos. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not missing something obvious here. I'm a little bit tired. But uh, <laughs> I would say he's the strongest Mishima, although Devil Jin can be played safe. Um, well, he's better than Devil Jin. Yeah, I think I agree. I agree. He's better than Devil Jin now. I would say so. More explosive. Season 3 Kazuya is pretty damn all around. Much more so than the Kazuya we got on the release of Tekken 7. And his damage output is just so damn high right now that... I Yeah, I, I just think he's number one. I'm glad with that. I always think Kazuya deserved big boy damage potential because he's a hard read kind of character, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So it was it was always weird that I thought that Devil Jin did more damage than him traditionally. And now they're kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, I really like what they did with the Mishimas in Season 3 because since time immemorial, you've had Devil Jin sitting at the top and if you're a competitive Mishima player, there's really no reason to play Kazuya or Heihachi uh, outside of yeah. character loyalty, right? Because uh, Devil Jin could do it all, but now they all exactly. have now they all have like strengths and weaknesses. I mean, Kazuya of course has the weakest poking game, uh, so he has. Uh, um, but his wave dash mix up is the strongest. He has strong mids yeah. and lows and an incredible, disgusting Oki game from his um, hell sweep. Um, yeah. Heihachi has the best pokes, but he has the best, he has the worst lows, especially from a wave dash. He has to take disproportionate risks on his lows. Right? And his while standing um, punishment's not great. Yeah, I would say Devil Jin has the best pokes. He actually has like the best rushdown. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. A, a good poking game, in my opinion, you, you need a good low, and he actually yeah, just does have that, but Holy shit, can he rush you down with highs and mids? Yeah. 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 Lockdown. But I Lockdown. completely yeah. agree that finally there's a reason to pick one over the other, whereas right. I don't know why it took so long to remove up forward for back yeah, forward for yeah. Hamilton. So ludicrous. It, it was that, silly. I thought that was ridiculous because the reason it was so good, something that I've been trying to say in a long how part, oh. I guess the exception is Dragonov's running too. But every move in Tekken that is really good is good because there's another move that works together yeah. with it. Yeah. And with Devil Jin, that up forward four into a you know guaranteed damage on the ground was such a good mix up for the hell sweep. Yes. That <laughs> it was silly. You know what I mean? It was upsetting. It's I like mean, you're eating a shit sandwich from the start of the round, always. Safe. Now the thing is, yeah. even if it didn't give Oki, if a back four, you know, just threw them far <laughs> away from you on the stage, yeah. it still would be high 30s in damage from yeah. a low crushing, no, very safe. fast, long range safe. mid. Yeah. But no, the back four flips them perfectly flip. so you have time yeah. to dash in and apply another mix-up. Exactly. It's like, what What am I playing? I know, Who I thought know. this was balanced? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. The, the way I put it is this. Like, most characters need to create some sort of situation before they can apply a mix-up. But Devil Jin, he yeah. can just stand there. And the player can drop the controller on the floor and go to the bathroom, and he's still applying a mix-up. Right. Yeah. Right. As long as you don't know that he's not holding 
mix-up between the upward four and the half. Uh, sorry, um, Framers, but your, your internet's kind of locking out sometimes? Guys, keep talking about Mishmas. I'm going to get a drink and piss real quick. I'll be right back. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> blood to the point. I mean, the, the, the cool thing about um, Devil Jin is that now his weakness is that he has the weakest mids from Wave Dash out of all the Mishimas. He doesn't have, like, a big, right. chunky, safe launcher like Kazuya 443 or Heiachi 443. So, his mids aren't that scary i mean he can do up four but that's a big risk right yeah um so and he has the strongest low his health sweeps arguably the strongest between him and kazuya right so there's actually a bigger incentive to duck against devil jin than the other ones which i guess he could use to his advantage you know with devil jin i guess you want to plow at them with lots of safe mids like demon poor 442 up 4-4 is still good, yeah. yeah? And then every once in a while, when you've really conditioned them to block standing, then go for the health sweep. It's not a true, like, 50-50 anymore. It's skewed, right? His lows are stronger than his mids. From a exactly. Wave I think with Devil Jin, the whole game plan is where, where you used to have up 4-4, you know, to just kill people with, uh, yeah, absurd 50-50s. Now it's more about... Uh, what I think was the original plan with Devil Jin, the more safe Mishima, you know, go with yeah. safer mids, like, while yeah. standing for, yeah, up forward four, down forward one, two, um, and the options you mentioned, and of course, the almighty laser cannon, the first yeah. two hits, or maybe adding the third hit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you keep it very safe, you cover a lot of options, the laser cannon is still like, one of the best lockdown tools oh, yeah. in the game, I think. That's fantastic. So, they're they're yeah. all strong characters. I think there's a legitimate debate. Who is... I mean, I, I agree with you, Kazuya's the best, but they're the closest they've ever been now in terms of strength, which is oh, commendable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I feel a little bit bad for Heihachi. Heihachi. In, in season two, well, he's dead. dead. They're not going to develop any, him any further <laughs> because he's gone. But what I wanted to Literally. ask you is, like, do you think... Because that move list has been with us all this time. Do you think they're going to take some of his stuff and stick him on Kazuya or Jin? Do you think there's going to be like a new... Do you think there's only going to be two Mishimas in the next game? What do you think is going to happen? I don't think Heihachi's ever going to die. He's already died like six times in the series, right? <laughs> Remember Tekken 5? Remember Tekken 5? Heihachi Mishima is dead. And he's he all, he's all the characters. He's on the menu screen because he's gone for good now. Yeah, That's why his yeah. mustache is so high resolution, dude. <laughs> it, is, it is a I fine mustache. apologizing for killing him. I, there's a good point, though. He does seem legit dead now. And... I, and I, I guess they want to get rid of his moveset for Tekken 8. Is there going to be a Tekken 8? I mean, I'm sure there will be eventually, but what's the next Dude, step for this series? Dude, way too much money. There's going to be a Tekken oh, yeah. 16. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. there's going to be a Tekken 8. And I think he actually is going to be in it because he will be in a flashback in story mode. Maybe Kazuya thinks back to his childhood, whatever. That's a good point because that's what Kazumi is in this game, right? Kazumi is dead, right? And he's going to be a playable yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got a question. We, we're talking a bunch about Mishimas and uh, people asking about Jin. Like, where does Jin stack up? Well, he's... I mean, I don't really consider him... He's a hybrid Mishima in the in the sense that he has a wave dash. His hook fist is... is I mean, yeah, it's... it's Of course, it's um, parallel to... It's very similar yeah. to, a, to a god fist. I think the reason I can't call him a Mishima is because he doesn't have a 1-1-2. One, one, and I think that's one of the most defining No, but elements. then again, his 10 frame is fucking great anyway. Yeah, yeah, so his 2-1's amazing. Cosmetic. 
but but bad range, bad range yeah. on two yeah. four, bad yeah. range. A lot of those like punch into kick that have uh, wall splatter knockdown potential have bad range. Raven two four, Lily, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, I the mean, only thing you can really say is bad about Jin is range issues on some vital moves, like especially with two four. But then he has stuff like forward four, forward four yeah. two is hop kick, can can, all great yeah. range. Extremely yeah. versatile, extremely strong character. Even with the nerfs in season three, he's still extremely strong. He's incredible. And I strong. think that yeah. forward four, for example, they felt that there should be a higher entry barrier in using Jin. Forward oh, yeah. four is a vital move. The combo must be hard. Steve, I like that. Complicated uh, character. A lot of people are only using back one, down for two. Jin, they just use forward four. And Elevate the entry barrier. Down for two yeah. combo now with Steve. Super hard. Four yeah. four combo with Jin. Super hard. So already complicated well, characters now have a very high technical entry barrier to really make them work, which I, I find interesting. But Jin is one of the hardest characters in the game. I think. I I do like that. I mean, the thing with Jin's forward four now is you do have a choice to get an easy combo off of it. If you cancel into CDS and just use three CDS three, it's a very easy conversion. Right, but with with Steve's down forward too, there's no choice. You have to do that super hard Gatling combo. You know, there's no alternative way to get a combo out of it, right? Right. But the problem with Jin is that as soon as you go for the easy option, you expose yourself. Oh yeah. Unless oh, you yeah. have super fast reflexes and execution to oh, yeah. cancel the doing the. Zen. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. But I agree. Yeah. I mean, doing the um. You can still combo off of a forward four by itself if you do a perfectly timed dash into a. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but I saw Book do it. I saw Book do it in a tournament like a week ago, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like you know, it, I tried it like fifty times in training, and I could not land it once. And tournament I run it back to it as well, and and yeah, it's super hard, but. It's a good thing because now you don't see pocket gins everywhere and you don't see pocket steves. You're never again you know, going to see been a, top there's a lot less gin in season 3. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a fuck ton of Oscar Negan, but there's uh, not that many gins. Yeah, I yeah. And a lot of Eddie. Well, there's always been Eddie. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean that's that that's Eddie gets a horrible rep as a, as a Character and I think in tag yeah, two it was deserved. It. In, in tag two it was deserved, uh, no doubt. Uh, that was it. Back one four three is that right? That was ridiculous. Back one four. Back yeah, one back four. one four. Back one four. Sorry, absurd, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, now I mean he's still he's still irritating to play, but I, he's he's clearly one of the weaker characters on the roster. Yeah, he's not good. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's John Ding hard. makes him work. I mean, but John Ding yeah. had a lot of work. That's such yeah. a weak argument, though, when people go like, "This person won a tournament using yeah. this bad character." It's like, yeah, because he's amazing and he could beat you using, you know, half a broomstick. Mm. It's not really the yeah. point. I think, like, when honestly, tournaments are where you see the highest level of gameplay. But online is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all Tekken games that are ever played. Oh yeah. So if you want to create like a balanced environment for your consumer, you should really consider that. And when like a character gets extremely overrepresented playing a very basic sort of simple applied playstyle in online, it's a balance issue. But then again, if you do have like Jedi like skills in your top level tournament pro, you know all the little moves and things mm-hmm. that you can do offline to deal with it. But do you feel that Namco should balance the game 
focused on like an offline tournament environment or do you think that they should balance it with online in mind? That's a good question. I mean, I think offline should be the standard, of course, and they should try to bring online to the level where it feels like offline, right? Mm. That that should be the goal, ideally. You don't want to... You don't want to balance <laughs> down to the level of online. I mean, some games do that. I mean, Street Fighter V was uh, designed around online play, I believe, which is why a, a lot of players criticized it of being somewhat imprecise and or sluggish. And, you know, they removed effectively with punishment in that game because of the, the, the way the hitboxes work. You know, they, there aren't many active hitboxes. It's very hard for someone to... You know, throw out a poke and you whiff punish it. And now I think that was an intentional design feature because they thought no one's going to do this online and most people play online. And, yeah. and and that upset a lot of Street Fighter players. So I think that's definitely the wrong approach. Do you yeah. play uh, any other fighting games? Like, yes. Adrian, I, like, tons. Do you play Street Fighter? Oh. Can you still uh, hear me? Do you lose me? Mayman. Kind of cogged out for a second. <laughs> I directed it at both of you. Like, do you play any other fighting yeah. game? I, I play tons. I play... Yeah. Uh, I mean, Third Strike uh, was my first competitive fighting game. I, I mean, I think I, I kind of um, learned how to play Stick on CVS 2. I, I do, yeah. like... I, I love Capcom games. Um, uh, Darkstalkers, I'm a big fan. I quite like Guilty Gear, but though it's more of a periphery Dark game. Darkstalkers is cool, dude. I used to have Darkstalkers on the PSP. Oh yeah, that, that that was a good. That, that, was, that was on airplanes for sure. That was a good conversion to PSP. It was very fateful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I uh, I'm a huge fan of Killer Instinct. I think that's a massively underrated game. Um, I'm actually making a video about that pretty soon. Um, I, I like Samurai Showdown, the new one. I, I think it has some flaws, but it's okay. I, yeah, I play a ton of fighting games. So yeah, Soul Calibur too. I know you play Soul Calibur. I Soul Calibur Six was like one of the one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. What happened is Soul Calibur 6 came out and I loved it so much that I was like happy all day. I was like, I left work and I was like, I'm going to go home and play Soul Calibur. But then the Armor King and Marduk patch dropped for Tekken. Oh yeah. Brought and you right I back. I had to go in because I wanted to make a couple of videos talking about that. And I played Tekken for five seconds and then I didn't go back to Soul Calibur once. Because I realized that that... Oh. I, 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 I felt like it's kind of ride or die. You kind of have to pick your poison. And I, if I had to pick, it was going to be Tekken. Yeah. The kind how of game mad I wanted Soul Calibur 6 to be good. Hmm? Sorry. I, I think how I, is Soul Calibur 6 doing in terms of active player base? That's like, that's the problem. I, that's the problem. I have no idea. My feeling is that it's like almost completely abandoned at this point. Yes, but that's I don't the know. problem. That's always been the problem with Soul Calibur. It's the com I mean, it does have a very dedicated fan base, but it's much yeah. smaller and it's very hard to find matches. And honestly, they've made some great changes to Soul Calibur 6 in the past couple of months, but the first version I was not a fan of. Um, I, I, um, you know, the... I had a lot of fun with it, dude. I loved it. I loved it. I think Soul Calibur for me has always been Tekken. I'm in love with the system, right? Yeah. I love the highs, the mids, and the lows, and the framed and everything of Tekken. But with Soul Calibur, the presentation, the stages, the music, the whole vibe of the whole romantic. But I feel like I get more immersed in Soul Calibur. For sure. So I love... It... Yeah. I, 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 what is the the new? I mean, chat, help me. I, 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 I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What was that new feature in Soul Calibur Six where you can hold? It's like a guard impact, but you can hold it for a duration of time. 
and it, it, it and your character goes into this kind oh, of. Oh, you mean the the, the reversal, reversal. thing? Yeah, the reversal. I I did not like that. I was not a fan of reversal the, edge. Right. Reversal yeah. edge. I I mean, I didn't mind the mechanic so much itself, but I didn't like the canned rock paper scissors animation because it slowed down the pacing of yeah, matches it's like, so like the, much. It's like playing Budokai Dragon Ball. I was like, yeah. What is this cutscene thing doing? And it, it, it could actually last for quite a long I, time. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot of specific sequences. Yeah. I, I felt like I like Soul Calibur, but it keeps drawing me out of Soul Calibur to play some some junk end with someone. I, I, yeah. I don't want to play this. I don't want to do this. I, you know, I just want to get. I just want to play Soul Calibur, mate. You know, that's that's what I'm, <laughs> that's the name of the yeah, game. <laughs> some of the gimmicks that came with that. I think Astroff had an option where he grabs you by the axe and he rings you out no matter where he is on the stage he rings you out I'm pretty like, much it's one of the, it's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the options he has out of reversal edge you have mm. to guess wrong the reversal edge Insult but if you do yeah he just sends you flying yeah i, I mean i yeah, i, 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 I want to make it clear that i think in terms of risk reward it's not it's not broken or anything reversal edge it's just that it's a huge time sink and it's boring the rock paper thing is boring it ruptures the pacing of a match it disrupts yeah. it yeah like breaking like if that happened in tekken in the middle of a tekken match where they're like booms like in when it's super tense and yeah. you're about to take a round and they stop the game and they go now you have to guess what the options make they, they could never ab- a- ever add that to Tekken. They would they already so did much in shit. one way. Hear me out. They already they've already added one thing that is exactly like that, but not really. But also kind of. It's Marduk's tackle. Ah, King's <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's kind of because Mar- Marduk's tackle. The, the reason I think it's fine is that you can actually break it on the way in. Mm. But if but he mounts you, three way mix it's up, much right? Faster. It's much and faster. Yeah, all characters had that fucking tackle. It was the ultimate. Yeah, and it's tackle. not like you know, he, you you like put up an Osaka style parry and you attack into it, and then he mounts you. Uh, yeah. He you know he goes in and you can actually break that. But the, I was thinking about how interesting it is that that is one of the few examples in the game of an actual three way mix up. Yeah, as opposed mm. to a 50, 50, it's a 33, 33, 33. It's interesting and how much yeah. more powerful that is than you know a normal mix up. That's what makes Monarch such a powerful. Mark- you think he's cool? I think he's an incredible tournament character. Uh, and he's yeah. very underrated in that sense. Because he has all the qualities needed for a tournament character, right? He has powerful mix-ups, explosive damage potential. And yeah. that's really what you need, really, for a tournament character. Because if you can steal rounds, every round counts in a tournament. Not so much in a long set, but if you can steal rounds from, like, a mix-up or a or a sudden combo out of nowhere. <laughs> that's huge. That he, you think Mario is good good in pools, but not in top eight? <laughs> I'm not. He's good in top eight too because you have a limited number of rounds to work with, right? right. If you got to win and you got to win fast, Mario can take rounds out of nowhere. His his traditional weakness as a character is is that he's momentum based. Either he completely steamrolls you, or he fails to get anything going and dies horribly. That's that's Mario in a nutshell. Yeah, um, yeah. And that that kind of character oh, works well. Tackle. The, the tackle, I mean, that's I think that's cool if the one character has it and it's a defining feature of that character. But again, I don't want every character to be Marduk, and I don't want that tackle to last, like, half a minute, which is what, what we're talking about, Reversal Edge. Uh, we got an interesting question is, what differentiates Tekken from other fighting games the most? Um, I have my idea on this, but I want to I want to hear what you guys think. It's 3D. <laughs> it is 3D. I would yeah. say the amount of moves. Uh, yeah. I think that 
the, the key, the core defining element of Tekken is... I mean, there are obvious things. There's very high combo damage. Um, but the key core thing is you have a backdash and you can block during that backdash. I don't think I can't think of any other fighting game which allows that. And that that that's so strong in Tekken because it, it makes the backdash incredibly powerful, especially when consider, considered in conjunction with the high combo potential. It means the game is, despite the fact that everyone has all these crazy strings and offense on paper, at its core, it's about creating whiff um, punish opportunities. I mean, right? yeah, that right. used to be it. I think in seven, it's more about doing safe mid counter hit moves until they counter hit, and then taking a round off the counter hit launch. Sure, no, absolutely. But the core, like the soul of Tekken, used to be like back when I started learning. Like, I mean, you have been playing this game for a lot longer than me, main man, but. When I started in Tag 2, because that was so movement-based, right? That's why mm. all the Koreans loved it, because you could slide around the stage like you were on, like you were playing, like it was curling. Oh, yeah. Tag right. 1, totally. And you that... would slide around until you got, like, a whiff-punishing opportunity, and then you would use the Tag Assault system to carry that all the way, right? Yeah. Uh, the... Yeah, but now in, in Tekken 7, they limit the movement down, uh, but mm. what I I feel the mistake that they made a little bit is that there are a couple of characters in this game who have these very, very powerful counter-hit mid-moves, right? Where they can do them, and they either get... They're not punishable on block. Sometimes they're plus on block, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't really expose themselves to significant risk, so they can kind of, like, move around pretty basic and apply those, and when they sure. connect counter-hit, it's this massive amount of damage, and it's usually I, I, the round. Right. So it means that... You have tiny, tiny risk, massive award ratios for a couple of characters, and they sort of float to the top of the roster. And I would like for uh, it to be more movement with punishing based. Honestly, I feel that's yeah. a much more that, honest version of Tekken. That, that's core Tekken. That's fundamental Tekken is using movement to to bait a whiff punish. And it used to be, yeah. And, and you say that 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 mid counter hit. Um, strong mid counter moves are what makes a strong character. I absolutely agree. And look who was um, top tier in season two: Jin forward four, Steve down forward two, and that's the reason they were the best two characters in the game. Well, it goes on. It's it's Brian Brian's back one. It's Oscar's up forward three. It's Dragonov's running two. It's these characters who have like no no risk, mm. and if they if they counter it, takes the round. And it's almost like I don't mean to ramble, but it's kind of like going to a buying a lottery ticket where it doesn't cost any money at all to buy the lottery ticket but you stand to win a large amount of money yeah I'm, yeah I, I, and I, I, if you no. if the characters that do get massive advantage in a free mix-up off of the plus frames they get off of their safe counter hit mids it's almost like you go and buy a lottery ticket where you stand to gain a lot of money you don't take any risk because it doesn't cost any money and then you get a free cookie like when you get the ticket yeah, high high reward, low mm. low risk. I I, I mean, yeah. but look at what got left in season three. Steve down four two, Jin forward four. I mean, they're aware of that problem, you know. Yeah. Um. And and they they've they've taken steps to address it. And and I actually think it's a it's a better game. I'm a Steve player, but I think the game is better with that his down four two being nerfed like that, completely. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, because it it you know some characters should be able to do that for differentiation. For variety of play style but but what's fun about tekken is movement tekken is movement and traditionally games tekken games that haven't had good movement like tekken 4 have not been fun to play even though i love mm. tekken 4 from a ambition creative standpoint 
it's not fun to play. What do you feel about? How do you feel about movement in in seven, Adrian? Because I I only ever played tag two and, and seven really. Uh, I, I just wanted to also add on to the point Aria made regarding uh, what is tech, and then he mentioned backdashing and blocking from backdashing. Mm. Possible as we can cancel a backdash into a block, you can cancel any types of movement into any yes. type of movement. Absolutely. Um, and Tekken is also a very defensive game. I don't know many fighters where you can actually hold back the entire duration of a match and only block punish and yeah. kill the opponent that way, no, for example, with... Yeah. Kazuya or Akuma. I, I I don't know in many other fighting games where that happens. And also the fact that you have one button for every limb is also I think oh, yeah. of course, yeah. very strongly yeah. tied to the game's identity. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, oh sorry. What, what was the question again? No, my uh, question is like, how do you feel about movement in seven as opposed to tag two? Uh, I like the movement in 7. Sure, it's been nerfed a bit, but uh, overall, I think it, it works very well. And I've, mm. it, it's also interesting that you very it feels very drastic, the difference from one character to another. Yeah. If I play Zafina... You know, that's something I notice, because I sometimes yeah. play like Bob, who's like not yeah. bad at movement, but he's kind of big, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, back just and play, play Zafina than Eddie and just compare, like, side Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you can, and I feel like it's like, oh my god, when I go back to Miguel because he has that really good backdash. This is the thing. Yeah. I I think the devs. We were talking about Akuma earlier, right? And Akuma has one of the worst backdashes, one of the worst side steps. And I guess that's how they imagined they'd balance him: is that he can't move very well. But the thing is, Akuma doesn't really need to play traditional Tekken in order to be successful. So he can he can he can he can make the opponent play on his terms. Right. If we're going to talk about Akuma, like I'll I'll say right off the bat, I think it's a point out that I'm definitely no expert because not only do I not play Street Fighter, I do not play Akuma in in Tekken at all. But what what I've noticed is recently the people who are like the top competitive level in the world who use Akuma, like Super Akuma, like the Pakistani guys, they're yeah. like, wow, this character is so good right now. So yeah. I do think that. It's a valid point to make that he's unreasonably powerful in some sense, right? Mm, yeah. The demon flip is kind of crazy, in it, my opinion. And some characters can jab him out of it, tall characters, but some characters have um, very limited options against it. I mean, everyone has an yeah. option, but some are clearly better than others, and that creates some of the most wildly divergent <laughs> matchups in the game. I mean, surprisingly, I think Bears actually. Not do well, but they do better than most against Akuma. Two reasons. Is that true? Why is yeah, that? Two reasons. They can jab him out um, because they're tall of Demon Flip, yeah. and they ha and they have little stupid bare legs, which means it's hard to connect down three on clean hit. Right, clean hit. Yeah, that's why I can't. You know, I was gonna make a video on YouTube called "The Worst Matchup in Tekken?" Question mark. Mm. It's gonna be. Mm. Uh, it was gonna be Elisa versus Bears. Oh. Uh, I don't know if it is truly the worst matchup, but the thing that happens is, first of all, you can't clean it down three. But the other really interesting thing is her dive kick four, which is her most important pressure tool, it has an angle like that. And then you have the bear, Kuma, standing over here. And this character model is like head, arm, and legs. And it's the exact same angle. So you can be point-blank jab range, and you can down jab into a down forward four. And you're going to like miss his head, Mrs. Hands, Mrs. Gut, and Mrs. Legs, 
and just wow. land right in front of him. So like your uh, dive kick four and your clean it down three, your two most important tools are just neutralized by the character model. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, wow, because it doesn't matter how, what they play like, it's the character model. It's so yes. weird. It's bizarre. And we, we talked about this, uh, I think, last week, main man, that, you know, b- bears are on paper terrible, but or at least very limited. But my God, it's frustrating to play against them because you have to know so many uh, unique combos. You know, so your combos drop all the time and the Oki is weird against them. You have to change how you approach them. You know, compared to other yeah, characters. Yeah, it's especially frustrating when you, like me, you have several characters you enjoy to play, and with every one of those characters, you have to learn the appropriate combos. What happens to the hitbox of my low if I try and go for it when he's just standing there or when he's backdashing? There's just a lot you have to take into consideration, and the fact that some strings on the wall will just randomly have Kuma fly off the wall and you switch positions and suddenly you're at the wall. A lot of annoying stuff. Mm. Uh, but I also wanted to say on Akuma that uh, Noctis is such a good counter because his, uh, his standing two has such a high hit. Oh, yeah. But it always clips him when he's jumping. Akuma needs to get close. Noctis, who works like a siege tank basically in StarCraft, can, with his big swings, with the big sword, really keep him away from him. And forward two is the fireball killer. It goes right through all fireballs, beats them. Um, it's, so it's a complete you, that, that is why everybody's been saying lately that Noctis is the big secret counter to Akuma. It's because it's standing two string. Interesting. And five string, it, it swats him out of the air. That's it, huh? And Noctis is actually pretty good in season three his his fully crouched mix up yeah. scary now like he has the safe mid with um fully crouched down forward one i think and his fully crouched yeah. down forward two is one of the best slows from from crouch in the game it i mean it tracks well you, you can't low parry it i think because it's a sword right am i correct here yeah you can't low parry and you his, can't low uh, parry the spear you and that's Oh man, it's so annoying. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this, but uh, the fact that the weapon attacks are unparryable, mm. it's like you make this yeah. perfect decision. He's definitely going to go low, but then, you know, caveat, and here you go. Yeah. He's really strong, and then they put in an incentive to sidestep him more now due to the nerf on Aura, which was very well needed. But, but up forward four. That also by making up forward four yeah. uh, unseeable, super fast, high homing move that yeah. launches. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so he's very he's he's really good. Yeah. Say. Online online Noctis is pretty much dead. I mean the Church of Aura is closed, so sorry to say. But <laughs> but Noctis is legit, like a, a pretty decent I mean, his biggest weakness is um no no down jab means he kinda suffers against pressure somewhat. But I think they made his Sabaki safe, the shield Sabaki, the punch Sabaki, am I correct here? Uh, and what is the punch Sabaki? Uh Sorry, the, the thing where he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be on. Unsa- uh, correct me if I'm oh, wrong no. here, chat. I think it's forward one plus four, back one plus four, or something. But it, it, yeah, he goes and he kind of does an overhead ah, swipe yeah, with his shield. The punch parry. Yeah. Is that not a spacky? Sorry, that used to be unsafe. Now I think it's safe, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, uh, man. I haven't, I haven't used this parry. character yeah. for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. I wish I, I knew. Yeah. I mean, and his um, his his counter's pretty good, actually. The the back one plus three. I mean, he does have options on when as for panic moves, but the fact that he l- lacks the down jab is his biggest weakness, really. 
Yeah, he's weak against pressure, but yeah. you still have to fear that down for two, whereas Marduk, as we talked about, really feels like a sitting duck in pressure. Noctis has pretty good movement, can do a sidestep into down for two or whatever, but Marduk, like, what the hell does he have? He has the dick jab, but <laughs> when I play Marduk and I'm pressured, I'm <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do. To yeah, be th that's another reason. He he either kills you horribly. Yeah, low pokes are like octopus tentacles. They just reach you forever. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. whatever you. That's the thing with like uh, Elisa, right? Because you're doing all dive force, which means you go out of range and then you you slide back in. But with with the tentacle limbs of characters like Marduk, they still fucking reach you wherever you are. You can fly around as much as you want. They're just gonna grab you like fucking dalsim out of the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I think Marduk's one of the most underrated characters in the game. I'd say he, in a tournament setting, maybe not top five, but I think he's top ten. Like, he's really scary in tournaments. I'm not even going to attempt so. to make a top 10 for tournaments, but uh, I've, yeah, I do. I, like, I'm either going to lose terribly or, or win easily against him. It's kind of like Yoshimitsu for me. Mm. With Yoshimitsu, it's the crazy properties. With Marduk, it's the crazy damage. Like, either I got his number and I know exactly what the fuck he's doing and I'm going to fuck him up, or... Uh, you know, he's gonna clip me three times, and that's three rounds, and it's over. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, like, I wanted to get real with you guys. There's a question I really wanted to ask. Sure. Since we started talking about doing this, and it's we we almost straight into it yesterday, but I wanted to ask, like, when you're playing specifically online, and you're doing that grind where it's like, you know random people over and over and over and you're trying to you know get a high rank or whatever snipers over and over yes oh well in your case yeah we don't have that yeah. problem because we're not famous like you are <laughs> <laughs> but no but seriously like because we talked about how much we like like this game and how fun it is like do you seriously like do you have a lot of fun when you play online tech and all the time I don't play much online tech, and to be honest with you, I recently in the past week or two, I played a bit of um, quick battle, just literally because I yeah. want to have a quick battle. Um, but yeah. I generally play offline at the local arcade, um, yeah. and occasionally we do a session, though they get yeah. incre increasingly rare. Um, yeah, I do absolutely want to stream more because I once streamed some ranked for tech camp. And it was a really cool learning experience because I was playing and the chat was giving me feedback. And I thought, ah, I'm, I'm in a pretty unique position here as a content creator to have, like, you know, uh, uh, some people telling me what, what my mistakes are. And I want to take advantage of that. Right. I think it'll be it'll be foolhardy of me not to do that. Um, yeah. But generally, I, I try to avoid um, online tech and for for a multitude of reasons. That's that's fair enough. But OK, so Adrian, then when you're doing that online grind, though. Um, when you're doing so that grind, you're like, okay, today I want to take this character to whatever <laughs> rank. You have those random opponents. Like, because we talk about how much fun it is and how enjoyable it is, but I think if we really want to level with our audience, what I feel a lot of the time is that the reason I play is not because it's fun, it's because I'm obsessed with it and I really want to feel like I'm getting better and I want to prove something to myself and I'm kind of like really grinding in a way that is not necessarily healthy 
But I'll be honest, right. I'll have some sessions of like online tech and where the point is like I'm trying to feel like if I try really hard, I can become better at this really difficult thing. And I'm, But I'm not sitting there with this bubbly feeling of just enjoyment and fun the whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Fighting games are not always fun. Sometimes they're a struggle. Sometimes they're a grind. Sometimes you feel shitty about yourself. But that's, I mean, I, you know, when people ask me sometimes, what are your top five games? I never include a fighting game on it because it's, it's a different part. I, I see them as something di- different and it's not always fun. Mm. You know? Um, what about you, Adrian? Because you, st- you stream as well. So you, uh, not yeah, only yeah. are you grinding, but people are watching you. Like, how do you feel? Um, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, streaming is very different. I haven't played Tekken online without streaming for... I don't know how long, probably been a year or something. Well, okay, I do coaching sessions, but that's very different. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, streaming is very, you, you have an audience, uh, it's very in your face all the time. Uh, and I get I get sniped a lot. Uh, it's just the way it is. Um, it's, it's fun. Most of the time, it's a lot of fun, and I really try and become a better player. Uh, now I have a lot of fun testing lots of different uh, diverse characters. But uh, obviously, I think like 30 to 40% of the time, I feel, it feels more work than anything else that I want to reach a specific end goal. And it's me knowing a lot about the game. But it but is your job. Of the time, well, I'm really right? enjoying like, it. Playing Tekken is your job. Yeah, it is. Has that changed yeah. the way you feel about the game when you play it? Um, no, not really. I still, I really love the game. You know, 24 years for a reason. It's just... Uh, when it comes to the motivation and being a content creator and having this as a job, it's more so the interaction with the community can sometimes be a little bit off-putting. Mm. Sometimes it can be just, or most of the time, it's the best thing in the world because there are a lot of great people in this community. But um, I think more so it's it's a community sometimes that can uh, detract me a little bit. But the game itself, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I, yeah, I'm the, the, the biggest the, Tekken fan in the world. This is but I still feel like, like I, I am not a shill like, because I, I criticize this game really cool. all the time. So uh, people accusing me of, you know, for example, with the frame data, I'm, yeah, sure, I can argue on behalf of Bandai Namco and say that, you know, they've given us a lot of stuff so far and 3 to $4 for frame data, I don't feel that's too bad considering the overall package we've received. Uh, although if it was free, that was great, you know, but um, I can point to many other issues with this game, you know, like customization, story mode being crap. So I, I feel like there are more important things maybe to, to talk about. I don't know. Well, to, on that issue, we got an interesting question that kind of ties into what you were saying. What is um, Tekken's biggest flaw as a fighting game? What should they work on? I mean, it's never going to be a Tekken 8. What would you like to see? in Tekken 8. I mean, some people are saying an actual tutorial would be nice. I completely agree. Um, frame data is great, but ha- laying down like this is the game plan for a character and, and just making it easy to digest for a player would be awesome if it's in-game. Like some so, a, a, a roadmap, right? Because, I mean, a lot of new players think, oh, sh- well, yeah. you know, Jin is cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going into uh, command list, move list, and oh, shit, there's 150 moves. Uh, and it seems they, like they get stronger as I go down. Oh, well, this 10-hit string must be the best move, right? I guess I just have to use this move. You know, that's the, And it doesn't give you any other guidance to how to improve as a player. Unless you go into the murky depths of online and then 
that's another challenge in itself. So I think the game has to make itself, it has to present itself. Uh, if I was them and if they are, a lot of people also forget that there almost wasn't a Tekken 7 because Tag 2 was such a commercial failure that Michael Murray and Harada had to personally convince what I think is probably the board of directors or whoever was the boss in between there to even get a budget and a go-ahead with Tekken 7. And in Murray's own words, it wasn't easy. So mm. maybe that's why Tekken 7 was a little bare bones. If I was them with Tekken 8, I would probably, just looking at all of these fighting games I see as more casual, like Injustice and Mortal Kombat, I would try and get a really strong and focused and cutscene-driven story mode that actually has some form of Tutorial. substance to it. I, like get a professional writer maybe to do it. And that I think <laughs> really, really help. There was there was no there wasn't a single writer working on the, the story mode for Tekken 7, I can tell you that, because it's it's I, the weirdest it's, thing ever. It's bizarre, isn't it? I, I mean I think it's so weird. A lot of casual players, of course, are drawn to the story mode of any fighting game. And the main yeah. issue with fighting games is how do we how do we turn these players into competitive players so they watch streams and you know from a purely business perspective, right? So they go to tournaments and all that. And I just think, well, but, you have uh, but Arya, sorry. Just put, put them together, the right? The business is them buying the game and playing it from the release weekend, finishing story mode, and then they drop it. That, that's where the big money is, I think. Mm -hmm. So if they could do yeah. that, but buying still have the, game the gameplay yeah. we, we see as Tekken, they would have something enormous. And of, of course, as you said, a tutorial mode a la Virtua Fighter 4, the best fighting game tutorial mode I've ever seen, if they would add something like that and I, have a great story mode, you have a receipt for enormous success. Put, put my, them together. Put them together. I agree Virtual Fighter 4 has an amazing tutorial, but it's quite anodyne and it's quite sterile. It's kind of boring. It's a bunch yeah. of text. It's like, do this, do this, do this. It's amazing. It's comprehensive. But once you get, to, once you get your story mode, have it well written, have it lavish, so to attract all the um, new players and, and integrate your tutorial with it. So it's like, yeah. you, know, you know, in the beginning, like Heihachi's throwing you around and, and then Kazuya's like, oh, I, I got to press this to break the throw and just integrate how you play the game. Like, That's a great idea. Honestly, yeah. the the tutorial and the story mode should be integrated exactly because I think people who are playing the game casually and people who are playing the story mode, they have a lot of overlap. Yeah. That's Absolutely. honestly a great point because what they did is kind of the opposite because they, what they did is this thing where, okay, you're playing the story mode. We're going to give you the option of doing the electric wind god fist with a single button press. We're going to give you these, you know, patronizing simple options yeah, yeah 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 which is like if you want to go from that from playing the story mode to serious competitive tech and now you have not only do have you ha not been helped by the story mode now you're sitting on top of misconceptions about how the game actually works yeah yes. I, I, absolutely i i think a lot of fighting games have made the right steps to having a good tutorial mode but none of them have really nailed it yet in that Guilty like, Gear XR got pretty close. I don't know if close. you guys played that, but it's amazing. It's very good. I mean, the fact that it gives you specific situations you can practice, that's incredible. Every fighting game should do that. I mean, I think all lots of different fighting games have different elements in different places, like this new replay function in, in tech and in the upcoming patch is going to be incredible. And, it, and I think that should be industry standard. But they're not all in the same game, right? 
Yeah. And and I think the main thing they have to focus is that a tutorial mode has to be entertaining and it has to be invisible, right? Like, like you know, a lot of people when if you, a lot of tutorial modes in fighting games are kind of this bland, sterile, sure effective, but they're not going to get any new players in. Just a bunch of text boxes. Do this. Do that. Do that. Jump through this hoop. I mean. Mm. You know that that's just kind of one of the things I tried to do with with TBS is that make it pop, make it fun, make it exciting, right? Uh, there's no reason education has to be boring. Oh, that's what they tried with Fight Lab and Tag Two, but that was more more or less um, disaster. That was, I don't that, think it was awful. It was so patronizing. That was very poor in reviews. On board, right? It was so patronizing, yeah. and it, it, yeah. it and it wasted your time. Like there was this, I remember this exercise where you have to like jump over bombs. Who the fuck jumps in Tekken? I mean, what is this trying to teach me? Well, you know? but they really I don't know if you've heard about having... this character called the Kuma, but there are <laughs> characters okay. that jump. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. but, but can I answer the question? I don't want to like because this discussion about like what story mode should be and, and practice mode should be is really interesting. But if you wanted to ask me like what the biggest problem in Tekken is, right? The one thing I would change. It's completely unrelated. Uh, it's something that we talked about recently, which is just safety. I think everything in the game right now is very, very safe, and the best characters are are the safest characters. And I I just feel like safety on block. I hope will be brought way down in the future. Well, you I know, will be brought way down. I think block punishment right now is a huge factor in some matchups. Some characters against some characters, it can be this huge factor. But if you're playing a top tier character, in some ca- in some cases, there's no reason for you to ever really expose yourself to the risk of block punishment. And I think if you really had to think about every choice you made, in the sense that I can either be ducked, or if I get blocked, I can be punished. You would have to worry more about the choices that you made. But I feel like the fact that some characters can make, you know, they can perform safe mids that are very low risk, but potentially very high reward is a little bit of a problem. Yeah, the fact I mean, that some characters can do that and some characters can't is what creates a lot of this. Because everybody knows we have a lot of top-tier characters in Tekken 7, but we also have a lot of shit characters. Well, I mean... I I just think the game is so complicated that I think not even the best players fully understand it. And I think the Akuma situation demonstrated that quite clearly. Um, Kuma winning uh, 2018... Tekken World Tour demonstrated that no one saw that coming, and I kind of like the fact that some characters have very safe-ish poking, like Kazumi, and some characters like Yoshi are the complete opposite. I think that that's what makes Tekken Tekken to me. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also feel like we, we don't fully understand, and I think the meta could change at the, any point again. The, the thing um, is, actually, it, it's very hard to balance high-risk characters. Like, look at Anna, right? She's a. It's um. They tend to either be too strong or too weak. And look at Anna; she's too weak, right? But but explosive characters like that, it's very hard to balance. And I think that's why a lot of the characters have these. You know, they have these safe safe move sets, basically. Um, I agree. Probably Tekken would be a bit more exciting if there was if there was. But you know, I think there's a there's a healthy diversity in play styles. Um. You have some characters which are quite focused on 50-50s and others which focus on pokes and chipping away at you. Um, I mean, I think the problem comes with um, 
characters who have very strong um, counter hit moves, right? Um, and as well, you were saying, yeah, yes, counter hit moves is like one of the issues I have in general because I think counter hit moves. Okay, it only gives a counter, so it gets to be safe on block, sure. which means that only a huge factor when it is a huge factor, but it's a non-factor when it isn't. But yeah. like you said, with like high-risk characters, I think if there's a lot more focus on 50-50s and making the right call, if you always have to make the right call, then the person who's going to win the match is the person who guesses right most of the time. But I, I don't think Not I don't the think the person who's able to gamble very conservatively with his resources, which is you know the life bar, I, and so like I, yeah. I kind of feel like everybody should be forced to expose themselves to more risk because that means that the person who's able to do that but knows what the opponent's going to do next is going to win, and I, so I think I think that floats the better players to the top. I do agree to an extent. The roster in a more natural way. Sure, I do agree to an extent, but I also like having a diversity of playstyles. I like characters that are focused on the neutral, and it, and I think the way they try to balance those counter heavy characters is that a lot of them have um, a lot of them have weaker comeback potential or weaker lows or less explosiveness or less damage. You usually. Like, look at Steve, for yeah. example. He doesn't have, like, a hell sweep, right? Uh, and he's he is the quintessential counter-hit character. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm a Steve player, and I, and I can recognize that by his very design, this is why he's always been at least top 10 in any fighting game. Because it's it, counter-hit characters are innately strong. Um, low risk, yeah. high reward, right? It's very hard to nerf them at, by their very archetype. Right, but I like I like that variety. I like that some characters really want to get in there and just gamble. But I also like that some other characters want to, um, you know, counter it. They want to fish fish it out in the neutral. You know, I can see what you're yeah. saying though, and and probably uh, yeah, character archetypes should be should definitely be a thing. I love the fact that there is diversity. I guess I think the problem is that when you have diverse, you have archetypes. If one archetype tends to Tends to be the best. Tends to be stronger than the other archetypes, and you end up in this environment where you have ten or fifteen top tier characters, fifteen or twenty bottom tier characters, and then this sauce in the middle. But I, <laughs> I mean, balancing a roster as big as the roster of Tekken Seven, like fifty characters, it's probably basically impossible. But I would like for it to be more of a democracy of ideas. Sure, sure. I, I get what you're saying. I mean. Let's look at who do you think are the top five characters? Me? That's, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm, in a position to say Arya. That's a very that's a very leading controversial. Question. You're asking me to expose myself to a lot oh, okay. of criticism. Yeah. Okay, I'll expose myself. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna say um I think it, you really when you say top five, you have to kind of separate it into um tournament and long sets, because it's quite different, right? I yeah. for example, I think Brian is an incredible long set character. And he's an okay tournament character, and but what lets him down in tournament is that his execution is hard, and um, yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like keeping it up with Brian is hard in a tournament. You know, having that level yeah. of consistency is incredibly hard, especially when the shine, uh, the lights are shining down on you, um, and he doesn't have like a, a huge explosive kind of low to steal rounds with. You know, um, right? Patrick kick. 
I mean, yeah, hatchet kick for right, but it's not like you know, it doesn't put you in the same position as like a hell sweep would, for example, or it's not like a tackle from Marduk or like a, a throw that can take 80, 80 damage, ninety damage, right? I mean, Brian still has to win in the neutral to win matches. He's a he's a neutral focus. Do you character. have a Do you have a Do you have a top five main man? Do you have a top five uh, rough idea? I don't have a top five, but I think Akuma is number one. It could be Dragonov as well as the consistency. No need for meter, but I think it's probably Akuma number one, then Dragonov, and then I'm a bit unsure. But I know that Law is still extremely good. I agree. Shaheen is really good as well. I agree. Paul. Uh, um, Paul is very strong, but I don't think I'd put him in a top five, um, just because of how his design works. But mm. it's 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 much harder in season three than it was in season two, I think, to determine. Do you have a Do you have a bo- bottom? Let's say a bottom three. Do you have a bottom three, both of you? Um, Gigas, Anna, <laughs> someone, um, Eddie, maybe That's I don't know. Hard, but Eliza is shit. Gigas, um, Gigas Anna Eliza? Shit, guys. And honestly, my videos, but she's shit. Lee, if you take into consideration the, the amount of work you have to put in, I think he's pound for pound probably the worst character. Lee? Lee. Yeah. Mm, Even in yeah. season three. Yeah, he's. I, he, I, think, I think he's lower mid. I, don't, I, don't, I think he's lower mid. I, I mean. Yeah, he takes a lot of execution. He's to, probably to... not top three, uh, top three worst character. Um, but awesome three, yeah. I, I just when I look at what you need to play the character, and when I look at the output, to me it's just a slap in the face, and probably the least viable just in terms of how much do I have to put in, what do I get out. Uh, he doesn't work in my opinion. I think they have to fix him. Yeah, uh, I, I liked him in season two, and and I really disliked what they did to Acid Rain, for example, in season three, because yeah. that was such a such a cool thing about him that you could sidestep Super and, and get cool. a ten frame punish, and That's it was hard to do. People in the world can do reliably right? fifty damage, and then you remove it. Why? It wasn't overpowered. I it know. gave a character that identity is quite odd, a, 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 a really cool edge. Yeah. If you're minus ten versus me, I'll kill you. That was cool. Yeah, and and yeah. I thought I thought that was such a cool thing about that character, and and uh, it really frustrates. I think that's the single worst decision in season three is what they did to Lee's Acid Rain. Um, but I, I think I, next week you're gonna see when it's fixed. I'm just hopefully. gonna take a one minute pee break. Go for it, go, go ahead. ahead. We've been out of here for a while. I mean, just just to- do you think? Because Michael Murray said that there's gonna be a balance patch next week. Do you think it's a response to the? Akuma out uh, like outcry and there's just going to be Akuma nerfs or do you think it's something else? I, I imagine they're probably going to nerf his meter a little bit because that's a pretty safe and easy way to nerf him because you're not fundamentally changing how the character is played. You're just, you it know. It kind of worked for Geese, I gotta say. I used to think that Geese was pretty unreasonable in Season 2. I feel a lot better about him in Season 3. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think they'll probably nerf, um, nerf Akuma's meter and they don't they should, they can't, or at least they shouldn't be making very far-reaching changes this close to TWT finals, right? So that's the other thing, right? You you don't really want to like change the the way characters work in the in the, in the middle of tournament season. That's the other thing. Like, can you change Akuma in the middle of the World Tour? Half the World Tour is Akuma Akuma players. Yeah, it's um. Right? I mean. I think they're probably going to nerf his meter gain just a bit, and that's the safest thing. 
and um, I think everyone. I don't think there'll be too much. There'll be too much outcry about that, unless they like, unless they half is meet again or something crazy like that, which fundamentally changes how you have to play Akuma. But we'll probably see like a 20 percent meter reduction, something like you that. You know, it's. I gotta say, I am so happy about this whole thing that has happened, where all of a sudden. There's this country that wasn't even on the Tekken map. Oh, you know, yeah. Pakistan. That's incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and they just show up on the tournament scene. And there's, there's been this status quo since before I got into Tekken where Korea is number one. Oh, yeah. Since time immemorial. Yeah. And then there's like a couple America, of, like a number of American players who can maybe keep up with the Asians uh, some of the time. Yeah. And then these Pakistani guys show up and they just fuck everybody. It's amazing. Yes. And yeah. it's beautiful. It's like, incredible. I love it in a way I can't describe. I wish they played more diverse characters and, and it wasn't all about this sort of Akuma invasion that is happening. But I think it's so healthy for the global community to realize there's oh, yeah. nothing inherently genetic about South Korea and Japan that make yeah. you know makes people better at fighting games. Anybody out there, anywhere in the world, can be the best it's- Tekken player in the world. It's just a question of, you know, what you're going to commit to, how hard you're going to work. And I love that the, the fact that Pakistan is just this phenomenon I, all of a sudden. I, I th- and I hope next year it's, you know, a bunch of Raven players from Venezuela. And then the next year it's a bunch of, I don't know, uh, Bardic players from Tanzania. And it just keeps on going where, like, people show up on the scene. But that status quo where Korea was always the best, I love I, the fact that that's being challenged. It's so I, healthy. I, I agree, and and I and I actually think it shows you what, why is a country strong, right? How does a country get strong at at, at a game? And it's look, um, what did Korea lose in the past couple of years? Well, they they lost their offline culture. They lost green arcade, right? In Japan, arcades closing left, right, and center. And how you get good at a game is you meet up with friends and you you play with them a lot. And once you play your set, you sit down and you talk with them because your best, your best teacher is always the guy who beat you, right? And you talk with each other about the set. And then you talk to, you know, it's, it's playing offline, it's communication, and it's also rivalries, right? I've, I heard that the Pakistani scene, there are fierce rivalries. rivalries. That, that will push you to get better between arcades, yeah. between cities. And while Korea and Japan are losing that culture, in Pakistan, it's still fierce and it's growing so yeah it's not genetic I, at I all don't know it's societal it. i don't know if that's the x factor maybe it is like having a good like healthy online scene is the uh, is the thing that pushes you ahead o- i just scene. want like everybody out there to know that there's no reason because you see a lot of this there was a lot of content going on uh specifically about arslan ash where it was this like dramatic story about arslan where he had this amazing almost fairy tale introduction to the scene where he came out of nowhere and then he was the best and i thought that was amazing but there was this weird little subtext where it was kind of like well it's crazy because a pakistani player can't be the best in the world it was because it's always been the south koreans and i just like if uh, i just think it's so important for everybody to realize that of course somebody from pakistan can be the best and whatever country you live in viewing this you the best there's nothing special about 
uh, South Korea. I think the thing that was special about South Korea, if I had to guess, is the, it's the culture globally that has taken professional video gaming the most seriously for the longest. For sure. For sure. So if you want to work as a professional ge- video game player, you know, you can make a, you can date supermodels and drive a Lamborghini if you're really good at StarCraft in South Korea. Yeah. But if you're from like fucking Gothenburg, Sweden, all if you're very good at StarCraft, all it means is that you can't make a living and you don't have a girlfriend. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I mean- seriously though. So I mean, I think with Tekken Seven, the fact that it has this like global impact, I just hope yeah. that everybody it, it pushes just becomes inspired by this and tries to become as good as possible I- because you can win Evo if you're watching. You can I win agree. Evo. I agree. I agree. It's it's um. The, the current rise of Pakistan is probably one of the most exciting things to happen to the tech end scene in, in years, perhaps ever, right? And it, it is that... It's so cool. It's so and it's, cool. And it is that incredible message that, no, it, you don't have to be Korean, you don't have to be Japanese, anyone out there can do it, right? And it's it makes you wonder, like, what other local scenes have we not discovered? I've heard exactly. South America, might be Peru, right? I've heard Peru is incredible. They, they might be out there. These not heard. I've see, seen it. We might not know. Yeah, right? Makes you wonder what else. I mean, it shows you how global Tekken is and how much... There's a real sense of mystery to it, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it just came out of nowhere. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Um, I mean, who are some of the best um, Peruvian players? Because they had a really strong showing. Uh, a couple I don't of- know about Peru. I know that when I was getting in Tag 2, I, my favorite player to watch, I think he, he was from Venezuela. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but El Negro, who played uh, Kunimitsu uh, Raven. El Negro Piripicho, I think. Yeah. Uh, that rings but bad. yeah, amazing player. Amazing yeah, and player. these like obscure, like weird characters and amazing, amazing things, you know, that he achieved. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chimpachi. Yeah. Maybe, Raven, maybe Sweden. <laughs> maybe <laughs> next. Unlikely. <laughs> I'm Unlikely, curious, what is the scene like in Sweden? Because you went to a local tournament recently, no main man. There's no, no scene. There are no, like a couple. <laughs> there is a, there's actually a big scene in Sweden. I mean, only in Stockholm, I think we have like 40 active players. Uh, no, it's, it's probably even more than that. Uh, but a pretty active Facebook community. And the tournament I went to, we had 86 players. And I met some of the... Uh, old, uh, how do you say it? the old foxes, the old guard, uh, people in yeah. my age who've been active for a million years, and they're all super nice guys. And there's a great camaraderie and atmosphere, and uh, now it's 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 got a very vibrant, um, <laughs> really nice community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, very it's, it's probably not Tokyo, though. Japan, but it's it's really nice, I think. Um. I, I just got a question. Do you think there should be a... Sorry to just completely change the topic, but I'm getting a question from the chat. Do you think there should be a block system where you can avoid pluggers and or report system? I really like to say... Well, I think that's a given, right? I mean, I think there should... I think pluggers or disconnectors online should be more harshly penalized than they are now. Yes. Right? It's, I think everyone unanimously agrees on that. I love the way Mortal what, Kombat what does that, it with a quitality. This is the thing. I didn't really understand the, the way the system worked, but it, it because, but I had to learn how it worked because of Season 3, because when Season 3 started, PS4 kept crashing. And okay. when it yeah, crashed yeah. mid-game, it penalized me in the same way as if I were a plugger. I got that. So too. I think it starts 
when you go over 5% connect, uh, disconnect ratio, it starts warning you. Yeah. And yeah. it also penalizes you uh, the 1,900 points that you would have lost if you lost against somebody your own rank. I think that's the way it works. Yeah. The, the, so the game's I mean, kind of saying, we're going to assume that you lost because of the fact that you plugged. Um, that's the That's a big... I think that's the big reason why developers don't add more punitive features for online because uh, you know they might um, bring out an update which makes the network unstable and people are going to be pissed if they get banned because because the game you know blue screened on them. Well, so- I was I was so upset. I mean, I I didn't make a video about it, but going decided not to. But the fact that I was like, because I I do not plug when I play online, but. The games are disconnecting me so much. This happens to me too. This happens to me too. Really bad on PS4 here in Japan, where the games told me you currently have a six percent disconnect ratio, and not only that, I was playing really well, but then the game was penalizing me and taking so many points away Mm. that even though I was winning a majority of my games that I played, I was ranking down. Yeah, yeah, I which felt very unreasonable. So I thought like the honest thing to do for Namco would be to like reset the landscape on ps4 for everybody i I, i'm all for that i'm if they reset rank for everyone i'm sure some people will be will be will be sad of their you know their tgp ranks lost but i think it'll be healthy for the scene overall if everyone started at a base level again but i doubt that'll happen this late into the game i mean Uh, i don't know i don't know how the how they should design that all i i feel like tekken especially online is the most fun when you get diverse competition and one thing that seems to happen a lot is play somebody mm. and then you don't take the revenge match and you run into the next person and it's them again yeah. and you play them and then you don't take the revenge match and you go back into the lobby and then you get them again yeah and then like <laughs> it's it's just them i i i would i don't know if it's i don't know how it works but it would be cool if the game prioritize diversity you know yeah but diversity I, of I characters like they, and diversity of people yeah yeah, yeah. They, they actually fixed this in the original release of a game those who uh, weren't there when the game was released you could uh, see today, the name you could see the name disconnect rate ratio and it gives you how many bars the connection but yeah, on yeah. The original and it release, gave you the character right in season one yeah, yeah the character you get their rank you would get all the information you needed, and I much more preferred that Me too. because Me I too. could avoid people I knew. I mean, I, I I get sniped, of course, but you know, lag switchers, people who plug. You, you'd always remember the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, that I think to me was. Superior, I think the reason they avoided that. it, the reason they remembered <sighs> it, is that people just would not take matches against any players. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've yeah, got I mean, a lot of shit on Twitter. Harada, basically, uh, I was there. Uh, I wasn't giving him shit, but I saw the hate storm he got when uh, got a lot of people saying, "Oh, I play Lucky Chloe. No one rematches me," or you know uh, that that sort of feedback. But in my opinion, it did more good than harm because right now we've had three years of playing against pluggers, for example, we're mm. never punished. We don't yeah. receive any form of sanction whatsoever so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would much prefer if i could see oh am i playing this idiot again who just plugged i agree it, t- it, t- it takes away from the autonomy of the players and i found it slightly condescending that they would do that i felt um yeah. you know i felt like being treated like a child there um the the other yeah yeah you know 
I, I same as you, main man. I prefer how it was in in season one and season two. We had sure. that for like two weeks. We even had like season, season one, ranked list where you could choose your ranked opponent. You could see the character, name of player, rank. Um, may, maybe that was too much. I don't know. I know Street Fighter had that seemed to work for them. Street Fighter Five has has a blacklist function. Yeah, which I Sorry? think uh, Street Fighter Five has a blacklist function. Um, which I don't know. I mean, that could be okay. taken too far. You could just blacklist any matchup you don't like or any play you don't like. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think um, giving choices to the player it never hurts, right? I mean, you're you're only yeah. sabotaging yourself if you say, "Well, I never want to play against X character." But hey, I mean, you know, um, there is an up and a downside to that because if you're Namco, fine. Yeah. Sorry, you, you, you're cutting off. What? You made her and you put her in the game and she's part of your product. And mm. then if the entire community you know, reacts in the way where they go, we don't want to play against this character, then there's, I think, meaning to that and it's something to pay attention to as mm. the developer. But then again, she's a p- character that you can pick as the consumer of the product and, the, and a purchaser of the game. And of course... Yeah. Her, le- you know, playing field should be level the same as it should be if you're playing another character. So it's For sure. it's difficult in that sense. Mm. No, I agree. Mm. I, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, people are saying that should be a, there should be a blacklist limit, like 25 max or 50. But I mean, actually, when I play on Steam, people know immediately who I am because I um, I use my British Steam account, even though I'm playing in Japan, and it shows right. that my language is English and everyone else is right. Japanese, you right? You. And I, yeah, and I, hey, yeah. Can I ask you this? This is another, like, uh, toxic fucking question. But if if you, both of you, like, if you could ban one character and you don't have to play against this one character anymore, this new feature, it's part of season three. You get to Eliza. ban one opponent character. Who would you ban? I, Eliza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, um... Yeah, Eliza. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I the, the thing with Eliza is, is that I feel. Way more... to throw me under the fucking bus, guys! Podcasting over here. What the fuck? Sorry. Boom. I mean, the thing is with Eliza is, I, I actually I think she's she's quite a cool char- character Why in some you, ways. Nobody plays her. It's like me and two other guys. You want to ban all? Yeah, this thing. You never see her anyway. <laughs> I personally, I, I one guy in Europe, one I, guy in America, me and Asia. I'm keeping it alive here. I personally really dislike playing against um Oscar. Maybe I find her so hard Fuck to punish yeah, properly. Dude. So hard Man to punish. And it's it's slow. I always have to play so slow and careful against her, and. I can't. It's so hard to punish her back three. I don't know why sidestep two is 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 not punishable anymore. Um, she's so safe. Yeah. She's so strong. She's also so hard to get a grip on. Safe, yeah, she's. Hey, she's. Mean man, I gotta ask you. Do you remember the? There's an old Swedish children's film. Uh, Pippi Longstocking on the seven yeah, seas. Yeah, yeah. I know Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> you know yeah. it. Yeah. There's yeah. a scene Classic. where she's trying to trick uh, an evil pirate named Oscar. <laughs> and there's a ah. famous scene and that's all I think about when I play against uh, against Oscar because she's screaming in a deep male voice she goes Oscar <laughs> everybody should look up that clip it should be a meme because that's all I think about <laughs> I want to watch this now oh if, if, so, if, if someone can 
can find the link and put it in the chat, I'll, I'll put it on the um, I'll put it, smell it. I'll put it on the screen. Um, by the way, when you hear that, maybe you're not hearing that, but when I hear um, this, I can smell it. It means I, I got a, a sub. Thank you very much, Azencott. Sorry to the previous guys who subbed. The next one of these, I'll probably put the, the sub message on the top of the screen. And the, That's and the a chat. good point. If you could invent a feature where if somebody subs to your Twitch page, there's a little machine that throws like stinky shit in your face and you have to smell it. And it smells like fucking pants, dude. You would get so many subscribers. That's because Twitch is fucking prostitution and torture, dude. If you could make a thing where it like, fucking physically slaps you in the face every time somebody I, subscribes, you'd be the most famous streamer I, in the world, dude. I, I don't know if it gives you a swirly. The, yeah, <laughs> I. This this is actually quite genius. Yes, I think you should. I think you should patent this and become a millionaire. Little, it just gives you a little like green stinky gas, dude. Like in Casper, the, the friendly ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Patent that shit. Do it. Do it. I think it'll be really big. <laughs> green stinky I'm gas. Down. I'm super yeah. down. I would ban if I if I honestly this might sound weird, but if I got to ban one, there's one character online right now. That I have like a zero percent win ratio against that I cannot beat. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I found I found the clip, and I just want to show it. Play it. You. Play it. I'm not sure. I don't think you guys can see it. Maybe I'll drop it in the um, in the, the chat. The sound is the thing. We need to hear the sound. Hold on. Let me drop it in the chat for you guys. Guys, it's gonna go a little bit funky. Um, whilst the, whilst I put this in the chat for those guys. Hold on. One second. One, two. Okay, here we go. Drop it in the chat. And I'm going to also drop this here so everyone can see it. And I'm just going to remove the overlay for one second. <laughs> you found it. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to pause the music. All right. Oh, let's... And the time code and everything, dude. This is so dope. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get hit by a demon slayer, dude. What was that? Every time I get hit by a back three, all I hear is Oscar. <laughs> dude, this is it, dude. This is my fucking life. <laughs> That's amazing. Captain Oscar. Thank you very much for that. Uh, th th that was fantastic. <laughs> We're just sharing our culture, you know? That was fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hold on. Now, now we're back. We're back. The one you. character I cannot beat under any circumstances who just rapes my ass, like, every time is Negan. Oh, I... Um. I, 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 I you know, he's still very linear, though. So I, I, I'd use a lot of... Yeah, he's very linear, but, like... Adrian, you play Negan right now, right? Do you think he's good? He's better, I mean, a lot really better than he used to be. He's a lot better he than he used to be. Do you think he's, he's good really because good. of season three, or do you think he was good in season two, but people like didn't know he was good? And I was terrible in season two. Uh, okay, he was so a work in progress. I think. Matter. I think he was an unfinished character, and they yeah. were forced to release him due to a deadline. And I think in season three, it's what Negan was probably supposed to be from start. But yeah, he works much better now. Just one, you agree two, that he needed a low from intimidation stance because that was my whole came yeah, out. And his backlash from intimidation—that's super fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scary. Uh, 
he, no, he, he's really good now, and I think he's a really good tournament character. Dude, yeah, the yeah, mix yeah. Up, tournament as well. Yeah, strong yeah. movement, strong mix-ups, strong good. pressure. Okay, yeah. the wall with the back one punishment. His punishment is super strong. A lot of yeah. people don't know how strong it is. He got the new twelve-frame yeah. Punisher from uh, Crouch, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, yeah. two, plus seven, thirty-two damage into intimidation. Yeah. It's super fucking yeah. good. He's fun to play. Uh, really I, I, I'm thinking of picking him up. Yeah, he's fun to play. You murder people with a bat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hand. So satisfying, so right? The crunch yeah. when he does the back two-two on your face. It's, yeah, it's, it's so that satisfying. was whole, like when I tried him for the first time. I didn't know if he was going to be good or not, but it was. I was like, wow, this is fun. Mm. And it inspired character choice as well, because right. He's, 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 I mean, you, you wouldn't. Dude, does anybody like? Let's ask the chat. Does anybody actually watch The Walking Dead? I, I didn't, but uh, I think he's a cool character. I mean, who? Let's I, I see did. a show of hands. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is really. No, good. no, no. I do. No. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I asked nope. the chat like nope. sixteen people said no, and then one guy's like, "I do." Nope. I watched <laughs> the first three episodes. Not anymore. Just the first season. No. Yes, yeah, or season three. I stopped during season three. No, no, no. Hell yeah, I do. Watched a little. Stop watching after season three. Season three seems to be the cutoff point. What happened in season three of Walking Dead? I don't know because I didn't. I, I haven't watched a single episode of The Walking Dead, but I did read a little bit of the comic, and Negan's really dope in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statistically, the drop off is season five. Season five is where really? it peaked in terms of viewership and critic uh, approval. After that, it slowly goes downhill and. Negan came, was shown first at the end of season six, the big reveal, and then he's in season seven, eight, uh, nine, he's a prisoner. But uh, season seven and eight are terrible, really okay, bad. So I think Rotten Tomatoes think are like 30%. Developing the Negan character for Tekken, like what season? Was that when he was super dope? Uh, most likely they got, they contacted uh, AMC. Uh, got the rights for the character when he when the whole thing Walking Dead had still had a lot of steam, but right, right now I know it's that the dead. ratings are very low right, compared right. to what it had. Yeah, what they should have done is get the the blonde girl from uh, Game of Thrones. What's her name? Dennis. I thought you were gonna say Arya for a second <laughs> there, but <laughs> Dennis, uh, yeah. Daenerys. 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 Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. is that? Yeah, is that her name? Yeah, I yeah. mean. We were talking a bit, I remember, um, earlier about what guest character we'd like to see in season three until we realized there isn't a guest character. But uh, remember um, Frame Whisper went like Dennis, just a few months ago. Dennis, Dennis the Menace riding the dragon. I, I, I mean, I would have, we, we, we discussed that maybe Rambo would have been a cool choice, right? Because he has the movie been, coming yeah, up. We were talking about that. Last Blood ended up not yeah. being a good movie, but Rambo would have been super dope. With right? The, uh, Stallone with a really bad dude, I'd be super down. I mean, yeah. I, I, ju I just want a character that is unexpected and brings new players in. So throw John Wick in there. Do you know how many new players we get if we basically just had Keanu Reeves being cool? I mean... I don't know. Yeah, but that's, you know, let's talk about guest characters. That's another, that's what we should spend the entire next episode talking about. But I'm so tired of guest characters right now because you know what I was doing before we started? I was watching Maximilian, who's an amazing staple of like fighting game YouTube sure. and everything. Sure. But hit, you know how much he loves, if you watch him, how much he loves Final Fantasy VII? Oh, yeah. And I love it. I love it too. I love it too. Uh, cloud, uh, cloud oh, he went, strike. That's he went. Brothers. He went insane. Um, he's like with tries in his eyes. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna prove as genuine. 
ever. It was genuine, I'm right? Never going to stop playing Smash because I love it. So, he's so excited that his emotions are like you know erupting. Know. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's how excited we get when the guest character is is right. And then I looked at his channel, and he's like not made a single video about Smash <laughs> for like six years. I know. You know, you but, know what I mean? But that, that like, initial you know, people get very excited and they spend a lot of money over this two weeks but then the character is in the game for like four years and everybody has to play against it so yeah. i'm like fucking design a character that's but, fun to play and play against not like you know gets a hype trailer and then everybody but but, but, then but but look it's it's inevitable that you'll get a lot of new players and a lot of them will drop off but some of them will stay right and that will that will increase the community inevitably i just want to ask the chat who would you like to see as a guest character if there was a season four in a tekken 8 in a future tekken game um let us yeah. know tomb raider lara croft tifa kiryu gilbert godfrey kiryu kiryu lara croft frame whisperer rocky balboa whisker <laughs> Akira for Virtual Fighter. I'd love a Virtual Fighter character. I'd like Kage. I want to see a traditional ninja, actually. Snake, uh, Riku, uh, Bakihama, Prince of Persia, Kiryu Kiryu, the main man, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. <laughs> That's a good movie, dude. That's one like one of my favorite movies. Uh, Kasumi from Dead or Alive, Mr. X, Madoka Magica, Dean from Supernatural, Wang Jin Rei, Kujo Jotaro, um, Adrian, it looks like a lot of people want you in this game. Like, if yeah. Namco called you tomorrow and said, do you want to come in for, like, mocap because we want to mocap you for uh, Tekken 8, would you do it? I- I'd love to do the voiceover for Lars <laughs> to give him a proper Swedish voice. Uh, honestly, <laughs> That's a brilliant answer! You know, this is the thing. Uh, how much cooler would Elisa be if she spoke Russian, right? I don't even understand why she speaks Japanese. I mean, the, the whole yeah. concept, the whole concept of the, this character. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna let you know though. Elisa would be cooler if she spoke Russian. Lars would be. He would not be cool at all. <laughs> if he spoke really? Swedish. It would be fine. I love it Swedish. Would be much cooler. You think so? I- Oh, I'd, definitely. I'd love to see him speak Swedish. You think so? Because, like, Swedish to me, I think it's a beautiful language. Like, poetry in Swedish is beautiful, but... But why do you say that, Frame? Like, cool one-liners, it doesn't really translate. Oh, well. but whatever, just for the variety, but just for him to be... Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see him speak Swedish. And, and I mean, uh, for example, with Elisa, I think Elisa is such a conceptually interesting character. It's like you have this doctor who created a robot out of the I- image of his dead daughter... And that's quite romantic. It ties into all this kind of sci-fi AI fiction, which it's I'm a big sucker dark. for. It's honestly it, kind of dark. It, it's dark. Like, her. While he was it, making her, it, he was fucking her a lot. It's dark in the sense that her tits jiggle. Why would you do that if you're creating It's it? dark in the sense that her fucking head comes off and she does whatever you tell her to and the mouth still moves. Yes, there, there, there's a lot of... <laughs> there are a lot of questionable choices with how he designed um, this robot in the image of his dead daughter. But, um, look, she, she, <laughs> she's she's really... <laughs> he did that. He did, I mean... He just... did. She did that. <laughs> How did the daughter die? Uh, oh, he fucked her too hard. Oh, he fucked her too hard. <laughs> guys, uh, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> But speaking of... Woo, uh, woo, woo, people woo. are posting via faces. We're doing the thing now we're supposed to talk about. What, what I want to say is that character has a really romantic concept to her. 
And I wish they pushed her. I, I wish they pushed her duality a bit further. Even in her game plan, she's very, very safe and moving around, using you know, with punishing. Then when she gets the chainsaws out, it's all pressure, it would right? Be interesting up. if she was all like, kind of like uh, Kira and Soul Calibur, where she has the nice. Yes, exactly. She's uh, she's all thing, demi- and it's like when she goes into destructive stance, she's all kind of like her, her eyes glow red, right? Like like she's all that like demure. Cool, yeah. She's all demure and like dancing around like a ball- ballerina. And then when she goes to chainsaw mode, her eyes glow red and, and she goes batshit crazy. They really should have played that up. So many cool ideas about that character, but they just the execution is just generic kind of boring do you like like lisa main man um objectively pretty interesting character but um she's yeah nice blend between fundamental and party Uh, uh, but no no i i this this tastes too much playing against her especially those chainsaws i find to be incredibly cheap they're very strong Uh, now since season two design They were she represents the worst parts of uh, really good all of a sudden, yeah. the tech and design team to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think she's a cool character, but uh, I just think the execution was a bit botched, to be honest, in terms of her character. Actually, I like the way she plays, to be honest. I like I like the duality. I like the fact that... Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I gotta say, like, my favorite... Tekken player to watch in the world by far is Chanel. And the reason I love Chanel more than... His movement is incredible. Prolific tournament players is that he's the guy who's going to pick these slightly more obscure characters and he takes a lot of risks and he gets very creative. And we talked about, like, you know, Tekken as artistry. I think he's the, the person who, like, really approaches it with a sense of personality. Mm. They talk, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how people are really good players become very robotic. You know, the mm. best character, the best move, the optimal option, whereas Chanel will do kind of crazy stuff mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. very far with it. And the fact that he doesn't compromise that playstyle is probably the reason he hasn't gotten a lot of, like, you know, top-level finishes. But just watching him for entertainment, I mean, I can't get enough. It's so interesting. Yeah, I would put him high in that list, but I think I musician would take top one for me. That's a, oh, yeah, incredible. Especially You're yeah. a fucking boy to watch and being creative with a very flawed character. Um, yeah, I think I musician is. Uh, I yeah, you can't have more fun watching Tekken to be honest. Dude, if it, there's a there's a like two hour set between Chanel playing Elise and I musician playing Yosu, just online yeah. randomly <laughs> on somebody's channel. Turn off the sound, pretend it's a tournament, turn on your favorite music and just watch what's happening on the screen. And it's like some of the most like crazy and enjoyable taking you'll ever watch. Mm. For I sure. Can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, high level Yoshimitsu is just, it's a real art to behold, you know? I mean, that character is, yeah, you have to use every tool in his rather expansive set, right? So, yeah. just to be successful with him at that level, right? I mean, we, we made a two-and-a-half-hour um, guide for Yoshimitsu, and I, and I consider that a primer to the character, you know? Yeah. He's a bottomless ocean in, in, the, in the strategies you what can devise you say, with him. What you like, you're either, you're either the, the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. But it's basically <laughs> yeah. like you're either a fucking amazing or you're like the stupidest asshole in the history of the world when you play Yoshi. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that also with, with yeah. him and King and Xiaoyu and that type of character. And well, especially with those, how 
all of us mostly we spend our days and our years labbing the cast you know our our opponents potential opponents but what yoshi players do is they basically lab yoshi you know mm. all day finding yeah. flowchart setups all types of uh Wait, that was no. so cool, what you just said sounded so cool. Like, at least 50 people in the chat just started labbing Yoshi. Just created Yoshi mains. <laughs> That's like a soundbite. Normal Tekken players lab the entire roster. Yoshi players lab Yoshi. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's an interesting fact, and that's what they do, you know. Or Majin, the you. amount of time he spends finding setups for King. Because King also has a large repertoire of very, very rule-breaking moves that can be uh, used in a multitude of ways that yeah. just blow your mind when yeah. you really dive into it. Yeah, yeah. the Flash alone is, is using that move to its fullest potential I, I think it's in, in in some sense the hardest move to use properly in Tekken because there, uh, there, yeah. there 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 are four different variations of Flash. Whatever, yeah. yeah, I mean because you have on paper almost the best move. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's a six frame launch, <laughs> but I mean there are four variations. <laughs> really uh, okay. That's not bad, but it's just the range. But you know if you know when to use it. It, it can really shut down so many strings. But there are four variations of it. It's, it's the sword stance one. There are a couple of moves that it can block punish, dude. Elisa's running the one where she spins in the air. He will yeah. launch, punish that on block with a yeah. flash. Miguel's yeah. bolt charge for two plus three, he will launch, punish that on block. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like when you match yeah. up against that character, you have to like, all right, these really good moves in my move list don't exist anymore. Exactly. I cannot use exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it changes. And it, I, yeah. Go on. It's rare that we have matchups in Tekken because mm -hmm. it's kind of balanced. Uh, but but in Tekken, for the most part, you don't have to like. Oh, this character cannot win win against this character. But there yeah. are a couple of those. I mean, that, that's one thing um, yeah. I, I'd like to see in Tekken, and, and this is probably a discussion we should have for next time. But what we'd like to see. The, the progression for the next Tekken game, what we'd like to see. And just my, my overall idea of it is that I'd like to see um, more differentiation in the characters. I'd like to see characters with more pronounced strengths and more pronounced weaknesses. Uh, which is kind of why I like what they did to Geese, because now he has a very pronounced strength, right? I like it when you can clearly see this character is good at this thing, and they're not good at this thing. Uh, I feel like too many characters are too rounded right now. Um, and Maybe, yeah. I'd like yeah. to see characters like Elisa. I hope she stays. But mm. I'd like to see character characters like that, the the weird extremities that they have, be brought closer to the center and be made more digestible, more normalized, and more, you know, just normal Tekken. Sure. Uh, and then, like I said before, I just want safety brought way the back down because I think block punishment is, is this cool fundamental property of Tekken that is... It plays too small of a role currently in the game, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I. I can definitely. I can agree with you there. Um. Personally, I feel it like they've they've held too hard onto this um, uh, way of balancing the game, where lows are always punishable and mids are always safe. I'd love to see a character like, for example, Leroy, if they would just flip that. All yeah. lows are safe and mids are punishable. It would be so interesting. I know. That would, right? be, that would be really interesting because, of course, if you have safe lows, it's like super fucking broken. But then again, if you don't have safe mids. Exactly. It would yeah. just be a so completely you, you know, you, different. You will get low covered like half game. the time. 
Yeah. It would be interesting. Yeah, I don't know what to think about Leroy. I have this feeling he's gonna be super fucking good, but he's definitely gonna be cool and he's definitely gonna be popular. I mean, safe safe lows though can be low parried. So exactly. the system yeah. unless you use a fucking spear. <laughs> give just give Leroy a spear. Yes, Leroy, he's like, yeah, I have my His pimp cane, his pimp cane. His pimp cane, dude. There you go. He has a low where he throws the sunglasses, dude. He whips brads. They just need an excuse to make it non-parryable. Interesting. Now, I, I would love to see them toying with um, the core mechanics of Tekken a bit more. And that's the thing. Like, Tekken 4 is is just, you know, it's a flawed game, but the fact that it tried something different is something I want to see in a Tekken game again. Mm. We're, we're still playing Tekken 5, to be frank yeah. with you. Tekken 7, is, as great as it is, it's still a refinement of the, the fundamental formula of Tekken 5. Tekken is. 5 is the first one that have walls, right? Oh, that's 4. Uh, that's 4. Tekken I'm sorry, I'm ignorant because like, I started in Tag 2 again. Right, but um, it, Tekken 3 was very different to Tekken 2. Suddenly you had all types of movement and sidestep. It was a proper 3D game. Tekken 4 introduced walls, but also uneven uh, ground levels. Great, it right? it yeah. was really off the charts and it mm. uh, from my from what i heard from aria it was inspired by virtual fighter 3 it was and then yeah. what tekken 5 and tekken 4 also had very very limited movement and oh, yeah. very little launchers it was a poking game compared to tag 1 which was all about launchers and movement so what they did with tekken 5 was they incorporated the walls but then they also went back to Tag 1 and took the best elements from that. Strong movement and lots of launchers, being able to play defensively, but also kept the poking aspect of Tekken 4. So it was a bit of a mishmash between those two games, and they really nailed it, but they nailed it so hard that let's not take any, any risks anymore, and we're just seeing basically iterations and updates on the Tekken 5 base game. Yeah. Uh, and that's a bit sad. It is, for sure. It's It was a kind of a step back from the creativity of Tekken 4. In an alternate universe somewhere, um, they probably... Tekken 5 was a refinement of the core principles of Tekken 4, and Tekken 7 would be a wildly different game. Um, and I'd right. like to see that but, game. But but as I as I told you, like I, I feel a little bit like Tekken 7 is the perfection almost of the Tekken 5 formula, and I'm like, yeah. where the hell do you go from here? Exactly, With Tekken right? 8, are you, are you, they will probably play it safe, you know? They don't want yeah. another Tag 2 disaster, is what I'm guessing. And producers yeah. are probably saying, you know what, this was a gold mine, do the same thing again. But you can't really do that, I think, without disappointing people. And you have everything to lose, I feel like, because 7 feels so perfect right now yeah. that... Yeah. You almost can't live up to that. That's, or you, good, you that's a really good point. Like creating Where do you Tekken go? 8 is probably like the scariest thing ever. Mm. Yeah. Right. Harada's like fucking left and he's like a vague Namco person right now. Tekken 7 was this masterpiece according to most people and now you have to create the next chapter. It's like making the sequel <laughs> to fucking Matrix. It's like trying to create something. Well... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I okay. I want to ask you guys one thing though. If you could, like, if we're just speculating about the next iteration of the game, and it's very early to do that, but would you keep or would you get rid of Rage Yards? That's something I wanted to ask both of you. I would get rid of them, to be honest. 
Um, I would. I would I, keep them for dramatic purposes. For I, for like marketing, like flair and character personality. Purposes. I mean, to be honest, it's it's that sort of stuff that creates the most high hype. Uh, yeah. 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 Boom! Super well timed rage art. Awesome cutscene. Fifty percent damage. Bam! KO. People and then everybody comes really hard and they buy Tekken 7, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, Tekken 7 added a lot of visual flair with the uh, slowdowns at the end of the round and Rage Art. Uh, maybe you can keep Rage Arts, but just retool them somehow. Um, yeah, Chad is, Chad is like, uh, yeah. joining in here. Okay, Chad, keep or get rid of Rage Arts? Yes, Rage Arts, yes or no? Yeah, you'll name. Yes or no? Let's see a poll. Most uh, people are saying keep them. Keep them, keep them, keep them, keep them. Yeah. Retool them. Yes, yes, no, yes. Keep it shorter. Yes. Remove armor. Yes. yes yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It's better animations. No, like no, no. Yes. Yeah. Keep them. Because it's weird. Because no, yes. we're so used to keep them, them now, but right? Fine-tune them. Keepers and Tekken. That was a. Yes, big yes, yes. Oh. Right. Yeah. I, I wish there was more like extra utility to them. Like, for example, Paul can cancel his into a launch. Yeah, yeah. Rage drive. More of that in Rage drive. The rage arts would be nice. Yeah. I, I think they're a much better idea than what, what was presented in Tekken 6 or certainly Tag 2, or just a, a base increase to your damage. They do increase your damage a little bit, but I think drives and arts are much more interesting than slapper damage modifier when, you get, when you're nearly... Yeah. Unless you mean a character that doesn't have a rage drive. Oh. I like <laughs> <laughs> Well, Miguel has one. It's it's terrible, but it's there. I mean, you, you, it, oh, makes this, yeah, it, it, it makes this down horrible. back one a quasi-launcher. Horrible! Dude, yeah. it's so horrible. Like, yeah, they made yeah. it better in Season 3, but it's still so bad. Yeah, It's one of the absolute worst. Right? Yeah, but you know, there are a couple, there's a category of Rage Drive where you get, like, it's like Dragonovs and, and Brian's, where it's like a, a move that, if it hits, is a massive launcher. If you do it at the end of a combo, it extends your combo damage to where it's insane. And if it gets yeah. blocked, you get a mix-up for free. So it's like win-win, win-win-win like scenario. And then Miguel season one, like, okay, he's shit. Let's give him yeah. a rage drive. Oh, he does a double knuckle shuffle, and it's total fucking garbage. Yeah, so the difference is do you want to get pretty, like, off of your, like, low little hand sweep that's launch punishable block and reactable already you can get five more damage congratulations <laughs> yeah, players. you're not broken who balanced that like i i'd like to meet that you know i think there's one guy in terms of miguel i think there's one spanish Why guy who looks at namco and he's like hey let's make this character better dude and <laughs> everybody's like no and every once in a while he like you know, gets uh, in a meeting he gets like one thing in the wall bounce on the back four but everybody just ignores him. He's the one. His name is probably Miguel. <laughs> they probably named the character after him. It's like, we need a Maybe. Spanish character, dude. And they put Miguel in. You know, he probably I, looks like that too. He wears that jacket with the skulls. I, I, I don't actually. I'm not a fan of his his design in in uh, Tekken Seven. My favorite Miguel design is still the Matador look from Tekken Six, and I don't know why we don't have that anymore. Now he looks like some uh, J J Rock star, you know. I don't know what, what what's going on with that. With uh, when he has that it's, guitar, especially it's seen as a culturally insensitive stereotype. Whatever. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. I think the way he looks in Tekken Seven is the best he's ever looked because he looks like a gothic. Really. 
I, 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 I still prefer his, his, his second six look. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a cultural stereotype to a degree, but it looked great. <laughs> I mean, that's all I want to say. It looked um, pristine. I agree. But again, it's like they are obviously more arcade game character when every character is a, is a fucking stereotype. Lily, the like French woman, she's like rich and she drinks tea and she's blonde and fancy and she lives in a mansion. It's like all these anime anime style stereotypes in the end, you know. Yeah, but so Bullfight is very controversial in many countries. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, in yeah, Spain, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of emotions, you know. Yeah, especially these days, you know, at Peter. P- P- You're right. That's it. I mean, yeah. No Roger Junior. You can't beat the kangaroo, you know. So, and he's voiced many times on Twitter that we are much more careful these days with those. It's sorts funny of- that you get to uh, punch bears and you do get to punch pandas who are endangered, but kangaroos. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Harada did mention this in a tweet that I think, um, you know, of course, when they were designing to Sh- Shaheen, they were being very careful about it. I think, yeah. what, what what nationality character was it? Someone suggested some kind of character to Harada, and he's like, I'll consider it, but we have to be very, very careful about how we present new characters think, in the current remember, political climate. Like, why isn't there like a Central African character? There's some talk about that. Yeah. Mm. It went I to, know. You know, I, I do remember when that when... Um, Tekken 7 first came out, there were no black characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which was... I was like, guys, what are you doing? You know, because... No, wait, they, 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 No, 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 Master Raven came later. In the first version, Bruce was replaced with Josie, yeah. and there were no oh, black right. characters, right? And, and, it, and Raven was revealed alongside Bob, and Markman was on stage. He's like, come on, dude, Bob, give us something cool, and they revealed Raven. I was like, what a fucking... We're fucking dissed ball players who, who really love this character. Fucking, we don't care about Bob. Show yeah. something cool, and then we got Raven. I, th- I think Master Raven is awesome, though. I think she's a much cool designer. I think both are awesome. I think both those characters are like two of my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 her design is. I mean, you know, my, Rave, original Raven was basically just budget Wesley Snipes, right? <laughs> but that's like in old Tekken, you know, Jacks, Arnold. Mm. And Laws, Bruce Lee, you know, they were all these, like, you know, it's very... So it's like that. It's not weird that they had a Wesley Snipes character. They could have been a yeah. Rambo character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, Blade was... Well, I mean, Blade was, like, a few... Like, 1999? When did Blade come out? I, I mean, don't remember. It was, it was still pretty... Earlier than 1999, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. I thought it was a cool, it was a cool movie, though. Yeah. yeah Who's yeah. going to be the new Blade? Is it the guy from... Three? I... Oh... Guys, chat. Can you can you look that up? I mean, they confirmed who the new Blade is, and he, he's a cool actor. Um, 1998, Blade's 1998. Yeah, so that, that's a good seven years before Tekken Five. Raven's Tekken Five, right? Yeah, so that's a good six yeah. years before. Before. What's like? What's a good like? Uh, what's a good movie? Do okay. You watch movies a lot. Um, yeah, I, I watch a ton of movies. Let's let's maybe let's round off this this podcast today's podcast with some movie suggestions. Let's make it a, a theme. Yeah. Good idea. Um, all right. Um, well, the last movie I saw in the cinema was, of course, Joker. I mean, I think everyone's that's that's the thing everyone's watching nowadays, and I, I really liked it. I mean, I think most people I've talked to really liked it. Um, I know you saw it, Main Man. What did you think? Oh, uh, I had to do a review. Um, yeah, I think it's a um, masterpiece. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10. I hope Joaquin Phoenix gets at least an Oscar nomination. 
for sure. Yeah, wow. But on the, it's not only his performance. Like on every single level, I feel that movie really works, and I think I finally felt re- relieved, you know, and that cinema finally had something to offer me again after all of the MCU movies. Oh it yeah, it feels like a rebirth of cinema in some way. Like I, it, it's so successful now that I think maybe we'll see more of this. I, I'm I, super happy. I do hope they take more risks with the comic book formula, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, I, I love the kind of the Scorsese 70s movies vibe from it. A taxi driver, yeah. For sure. Yeah. The inspiration to it wears clearly on its sleeve. Um, mm. But, you know, that I'm, I'm not using that to fault it. I mean, I thought a few references were a bit too obvious. I mean, you know, he does this, like, quite blatantly a few times in the movie, which was a bit on the nose for me. But um, it was a very strong... I mean, the fact that I was thinking about Joker for a few days after I'd watched it, and for me, that's a sign of a good movie. If it, if it gets under your yeah, skin. I thought about it for a month. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so blown away. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, Framework, re- uh, recommend a movie. I haven't seen it. Well, let's... Too uh, many, because I, like, I read DC comics. I specifically read Batman comics. Uh, but so many people were excited about Joker that it almost had the effect where it kind of scared me. Yeah. You know, it kind of put me off a little bit. I am oh. going to see it eventually, but you know that kind of like hipster effect where you kind of need to feel oh, like for you sure. need to uh, some you know, wait from it. for a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will definitely see it because it's about mental health, I've heard as well, which I think is cool, and, I, and, all, and about revolution, which, I'm, which I, I'm all about. I think it has some very... Interesting topical things to say about mental health and how we treat mentally ill people, yeah. um, and and it's you know, I think the the cinematography during the movie, um, you notice that it brightens up throughout the movie, and it especially brightens up. There's a point where he kind of stops taking medication, and it brightens up. And I thought that was a yeah. huge commentary on the effect of medication and what it does. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but I, the fact that it told a story through its cinematography is, um, yeah, quite remarkable. You know, I thought it was... An so the movie. actual cinematography, the actual look of them changes as the sort of mental perception. Yes, yes. Of these are the main ca- That's very well, interesting. And one thing you notice is that, like that you don't know how much of the movie is in his head and how much of it is real. And... You notice that in a lot of the scenes, he's the color of his clothes is the same as that of the surroundings, as the walls, right. as a, and you know, it, it, I, I read some reviews which said it was it had like no substance, it was all vanity or whatever, and I just think what, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, there was a lot to chew on on that movie for me, um, and some of the reviews I felt they were just trying to be contrarian about it. You know, there's a well, lot yeah, to chew on. If gets that popular and, and that much attention, you're going to get those people. I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen well, it. My favorite yeah. DC movie to date, I, and podcast. I, you know, like I said, I Glad read the comics, is Shazam. I thought Shazam was great. Out. I love that film. Sorry. Sorry. Um, um, I, I think we got a donation, and the, 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 the donation lady was speaking totally over you during that point. Oh, well, thank, sorry. No, thank, no worries. Thank you for the donation. And sorry, Shazam. St- keep giving money to Arya. He deserves Cheers, thank you. Sorry, who 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 donated? Um, but thank you very much. I r- really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, sorry, Shazam. I haven't actually seen it. I haven't actually seen Shazam it. Shazam is really good, and if you're into uh, uh, the character of the Joker, and you're like, if it, unless you hate reading comics, I just want to give a a, a recommendation of um, there's uh, an old comic called A Serious House on Serious Earth. It's a Batman comic, which the Joker features prominently in, 
has probably some of the best art in any uh, Batman comic I've ever uh, read. So mm. if you're into comics at all, definitely look that up. It's What's really, the name? What's the name again? It's called A Serious House on Serious Earth. I haven't, I haven't actually heard... I'm a pretty big comic fan, but I haven't heard that. It's uh, it's about Batman uh, goes to Arkham Asylum, and yes. the, the inmates, mainly Joker, have taken the whole building over. And they create a game of, like, uh, hide-and-seek with Batman, where he has is to, it, like, go and hide in the is, asylum. This is called... Uh, I've read this, but it was just called Arkham Asylum. And the... Um, it's sometimes called Arkham, a serious house on serious earth, or... It has like uh, multiple. It has, like, it has very like an expressionist kind of art style to it, right? Yeah, it has. Yes. Weird no. art style. it's like the scariest the Joker has ever looked. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Definitely, yeah. I, I've read this. It, it's, it's just called Arkham Asylum. I think it might be different. I think this. sometimes it is, but if you search for it under the the title, the original title, of "Serious House on Serious Earth," it'll yes. show up. And if you get the opportunity, definitely read it because I think no, it's I've read it. my it's favorite fantastic. story that features the character. It is excellent. Excellent. I mean, my my it's three really favorite Batman comics are that. Uh, Killing Joke, of course. Dark Knight Returns. Um, that's you know. I mean, um, the, the rest of Frank, the other Frank Miller Batman comics are kind of, but Dark Knight Returns is is a classic, of course. Classic. Yeah, you can't beat it. The, I thought I found better the, than Batman v Superman. That's for sure. <laughs> stop saying much, but yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Death of right. the family in the chat. Death of the family is very good too. Oh, well, Death in the Family is interesting because... Tom people- King, though, like, if you're, like, we shouldn't get into and everything. Reading Batman right now, Tom King is doing great stuff. I haven't... Read- like, uh, starting with the uh, I Am Gotham storyline, it's the comics are in a very good place right now. So if you want to get into Batman comics, I recommend now is a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I haven't read, like, new comic books in a while, so I'll definitely check that out. For sure. Do it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um... Anyway, guys, we've been at it for like nearly three hours now. So that's insane. Thank you. So the time kind of flew by. I, I, before we end this, I can since you're since we have like nearly two hundred viewers, guys, can you um, give us some feedback on this? For this, I think we kind of went all over the place, and just like the idea, the concept behind this is that <laughs> we're just all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, would be you like more to- confused in the next one? Go to more all over the place. Would you like it, the next one, to be more focused on particular talking points? Or do you like this three friends just chatting about Tekken and occasionally movies and Batman and whatever, you know? I mean, what what do you like to see? Or would you prefer the next one to be uh, more focused and um, on, uh, you know, honing down on specific points? Number one, guys, number one. Focus. Keep it focused, but some random topics. Ramble away, just chatting is cool, talking points. Friendly. Yeah, I think... I think for the next one, let's try and make a cutoff point at maybe two hours. Because I think this is maybe a bit too long and a bit too rambly. Um, yeah. have, have a few talking points, and then we can trail off a little bit on each one. But I look, I, I really enjoyed this, because, I mean, you guys are my mates, and this was just, like, hanging out. Oh yeah, I, I really did as well, and I hope the the audience did. Uh, thank you so much for watching, everyone. Yeah, a pleasure. I imagine all the people who are sitting in the lobby waiting for the game and have this on in the background. <laughs> That's happening. I think it's really cool. That's really. Cool. I hope it is. For sure, for sure. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've been Aria. Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah. Take catch you next time. See you next time, everybody. Take care. See ya.
Good night.